The stories that we've heard, they're true, all of it. The yak face, the blue snaggletooth, it's all real. You're listening to Action Figure Blues podcast episode 199 of the week of Wednesday the 16th, December 2015. I'm Eddie and with me tonight are... Ben. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Tweeterhead Classic Penguin statue. And in our discussion, we have a toy breakdown of the Hasbro Star Wars Black First Order Stormtrooper and Captain Phasma. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode. How are we all doing tonight? Good, good. Spiffing, thank you. Oh, I think good, good. Double beat spiffing. So, Scott, Ooh. we'll start with you. Wow. How um, are things in the world of Scott? <laughs> the world of Scott. Uh, yeah, the world of Scott is crazy as always. Um, busy uh, week traveling for work. Uh, went to the Northern Territory um, in the wet season. I can't believe that people live there on purpose. <laughs> it, like, it's, wow. Oh, but come on, you would have lost about, you know, 20 pounds in sweat. In sweat, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's going to like Singapore or Malaysia or something, you know, where um, the the flip side is the air conditioning is brilliant. Mm. So anytime you're inside, you're like really comfortable. But then anytime you're outside, you basically just want to die. Um, <laughs> so, but but the work was good. And what else have I done this week? Oh, I did some um, uh, recording with the team from the Marvelicious Toys podcast, and I'm going to be uh, a guest on their uh, end-of-year episodes. It's being split into two shows. So I joined in with them for their wrap-up of the year, which was really fun. And um, we're actually going to be talking about them a bit later. So Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was Good, good stuff. So, and now the lead up to Christmas begins, and um, the, the Christmas lists keep expanding. Um, so. And that's just Scott's list, isn't? It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Even, we don't even like. I haven't even thought about. Um, I never really have a Christmas list because it's just usually whatever I happen to be getting at that time. Yeah, I find you it know, easier to do that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's too much when you like you know because I mean I I have a decent budget for my collectibles and so it's too much to then throw another thing in there yeah, as well yeah. so i'll just say oh look i'm getting this and this and we'll just make that the present that's and what then, you know, uh, yeah yeah absolutely that's what we do in, if, for me basically my mrs shake says so what are mum and dad getting you and it's like uh well you know this will arrive next week how about you just like take it and yeah <laughs> so perfect very cool. And uh, how are things in the land of Ben? I'm yeah, good, good. Got a bit of Star Wars fever this week when it comes to uh, to toys, and uh, certainly we'll talk about that in um, feeding the addiction. But uh, got quite the surprise when a couple of our bricks and mortar stores restocked, and also got some new figures in. And you know, when you 
presented with new figures and you sort of get that whole, uh, 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 if I don't get them now, someone else is bound to get them again. And yeah. And and I don't know about you guys, but I have as a figure collector, I get sometimes a bit of a weird feeling if I finally watching a movie and there's a figure out there that I don't have yet when I know I'm already collecting that line. Yeah. And it just 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 gives me that little bit of butterflies in the stomach whenever that character appears on screen. So I like yeah. to be sorted by the time I see a movie. Well, yeah, I, I still haven't picked up Kylo Ren, and I just know that if I if I delay it, then you know he's probably going to be super awesome in the movie, and then demand for the action figure will skyrocket. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've been having that that angst about, but you know, I, I don't really collect the figures. I'm the collecting the one six scale stuff so it's a much bigger budgetary decision so i'm just deciding globally at the moment to not um because I'm, I'm not really planning on even doing the prequels i'm just collecting um the original trilogy mm-hmm. stuff which there's plenty to do but then i am looking at the stuff that's being solicited now and go and thinking what if i go see this movie and it is the best thing ever <laughs> and then i've missed out on a chance uh, but all this stuff is still up for pre-order at Hot Toys. So yeah. I, I, yeah. Sideshow, so, yeah, I'm not really stressed about that. But I mean, I remember a time when Hot Toys, you know, was selling out and going for stupid amounts on eBay. Yet, you know, at the moment I'm seeing people having huge sales mm-hmm. on, on Hot mm-hmm. Toys figures. So I think those days are, are sort of long behind us now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the um, yeah, there's quite a few of – and, you know, I, I wonder if that's going to actually impact on – what Hot Toys does, you know, in the future, whether we'll see a kind of contraction of their approach to some of their licenses, because I'm definitely seeing that as well. Um, the the overall secondary market has mm-hmm. definitely um, got a bit less of a, a fire underneath it, yep. and um, there are more Hot Toys stuff being discounted and you know, et cetera. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Mr. Eddie? I uh, hear you did some boxing. Yeah, uh, moving house as a collector is just one of the worst <laughs> tortures you could possibly imagine. And I have vowed never to go back into a two-story house. It's just <laughs> the worst possible thing you can do when you're moving is go up and down stairs <laughs> with large tubs of plastic dollies and boxes filled with comics that weigh a ton i i have weights that i do and that was one of the lightest things i had to carry down the stairs i should just lift Uh, comic boxes every day in the morning rather than that's right (laughs) it's just but almost there settled in had been a bit of a cranky bum dealing with movers and carpet cleaners that say that they're going to come at one time that they must go off you know singaporean time or something because they arrive you know four hours later and Mm. different quotes and those old all sorts of ones but i've got one day left to going back to the house and doing the last little cleanup but i'm all starting to get settled here i'm sitting in a room surrounded by boxes at the moment <laughs> but starting to fan things out and getting them through and i've got much more display space and whatnot oh, cool. here this time so oh, that's uh, cool. my nerd mm. cave is going to be better at least yeah. excellent yeah uh, so the other exciting thing, of course, besides Eddie moving, um, that is happening is Star that, Wars. Yeah, besides that too, oh. is uh, that next week we are recording the 200th episode of the Action Figure Blues podcast, which is just ridiculous. Um, and uh, we have a contest 
happening. Mm. Um, so go to our Facebook page, go to actionfigureblues.com, um, because by the time you hear this, there will not be a lot of time left to enter. Um, we are having a caption this contest. There are three different photos of toys um, that you can add captions to. You can make one, you can enter once for each photo. And we have some awesome prize packs from Mike's Comics and stuff uh, from Bam Kapow, and then another one that's an assortment of other donations. Um, so there'll be three different prize packs that um, you could be eligible for winning, and all you've got to do is caption those photos. You don't have to Photoshop it. You can just type the captions, you know, if you if you want, um, and post them on our Facebook page before, uh, I think we said the 17th or 18th of December. Um Arthur, Arnold, whatever your name is, the research guy. We haven't given him much to do lately. Um, he's just checking for me to say 18th of December. Thank you, Arnold. Um, and uh, we would love to have you enter. You can win free things. Very good. Yeah, Head looking forward to a great show. Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, how about we get things started with some articulated news? Cool. Okay. Big Jim's World of Adventure starring Big Josh with Talking Camp Pack. Let's make camp here. You unload the Big Jim sports camper gear. Big Josh says, Bring the boat and fishing gear. And you know the dinner will soon be here. Big Josh says, Let's find some firewood. Now this camp is looking like a good camp should. Big Josh with Talking Camp Pack is sold separately. Big Jim sports camper comes with fishing boat and gear from Mattel. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just some stories that relate to the things that we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And starting off with the news tonight, we have Ben. So over to you, Ben. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, our first bit of news is something that uh, Engineer Nerd brought to my attention. Uh, bless his soul. Uh, Fison, who are normally known for doing those uh, 12-inch bucks um, for your customising needs, um, who also bring out a, a number of uh, character releases, um, have announced, and uh, I didn't see this until it was on Big Bad Toy Store, but they are doing a Frank Frazetta's Death Dealer 1-6 scale action figure. Um, and it looks pretty awesome, I've got to say. Um, yeah. So for those people who aren't familiar, Frank Rosetta, the famous fantasy painter, um, did a, a Barbarian for a book cover many years ago and um, in, in Frazetta's, you know, inimitable way. Um, it captured everyone's attention because they wanted to know more about it. Um, it went on to be used, I think, on the cover of a Molly Hatchet album, etc. Uh, he did a few more paintings of Death Dealer, each one just called Death Dealer, Death Dealer 2, etc. Um, and so the character gained a, a bit of fame, I guess, through that sort of, you know, the mystery around who it was. Um, a few paperbacks and some comics later, and uh, I think I think there was an action figure from um, 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 from Diamond, uh, Diamond, oh, really? or Diamond Select. Yeah, well, it's not actually an action figure. It's, it's more of a it's more of a staction, I think. Um, but anyway, uh, it's um, about time we had something like this. I think what's really cool about this is, unfortunately, the way Frazetta painted Death Dealer, um, he changes from painting to painting. So even the um, the famous horned helmet 
um, differs from each image and like the length of the handle of the axe, etc. So these guys have obviously um, had to sort of, you know, pick and choose what elements they wanted to capture. Uh, and I think they've done a fantastic job. So this is, um, yeah, as I said, one-sixth. Uh, best thing about something like this from Fison is it features the um, the heavily muscled uh, male um, buck, but it's um, it's one of those seamless bodies, so you don't have those kind of ugly joints in there, and uh, I think it's all the better for it. So It'll be interesting to, to see, because I was actually thinking about that, um, if you think about, like, the Hot Toys Hulk yep. arms that are they don't have the joints but then it kind of in some angles looks a bit funny yeah when you, when you really try and bend so it'll be really interesting to see at this scale whether or not that um is an issue absolutely and i know fison have made a lot of effort every time they bring out a, a new version of a seamless buck they make improvements to sort of um basically i guess try and offset some of those issues so mm. uh Look, I'm not really that fussed. I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, get it out of the packet, have a bit of a play and then pose it and leave it. Oh, totally, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'll get it into a, a cool-looking pose, hopefully, you know, something that I can um, match the, you know, uh, uh, one of the paintings. Um, but the good thing about this is it looks like um, a lot of the stuff is actually removable. So Death Dealer comes uh, fully kitted out with all these various armour bits and pieces, um, including that really cool shield that was in the original painting. Um, obviously, the uh, the kick-ass axe and, and stuff like that. Uh, looks like it's all fully removable, so you can sort of strip him down to some of those sort of later paintings where he doesn't have as much gear. Um, certainly comes with a, an absolute crapload of bits and pieces if you sort of count each one as a, an individual bit, uh, including his um, his sword, which I can't actually find any historically accurate match to that sword. I think Frazetta uh, <laughs> just made that one up. So... Uh, anyway, look, this is actually a pretty decent price. It's uh, about $190 uh, for one-sixth, you know, seamless. I think that's pretty darn good. And you're looking at a second quarter 2016 release. Um, I'm pretty excited about this. I, I like it when companies, you know, look at properties like this and we're not just getting sort of 27,000 Iron Man figures. Um, oh, this yeah. is a definite for me. So uh, one day down the track, I uh, hope to be reviewing this guy. Um I have to, to say, if you have never listened to our chat with Randy Bowen on, I'm pretty sure it was episode 50. Yeah. Um, when he talks about working with Frank Frazetta, you have to go back and listen to it because it's absolutely hilarious. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Uh. And he talks about the challenge of taking something that was a painting and uh, making a 3D sculpture out of it because you basically have to work out what the other side is, mm, uh, mm. but then he also talks about just he's got a really funny Frank Frazetta story, so go back and listen if you haven't heard it. It is. It's good value. All right, well, moving on and still sticking with uh, 1-6 scale action figures, Sideshow have given us a sneak peek, though I'm not quite sure what they mean by this, but uh, we're getting a sneak peek at their Wolverine 1-6 scale figure. Um, <laughs> this is uh, obviously a follow-up to the Deadpool figure. This will be the, the next in their comic accurate 1-6 scale series. Now, I'm not really sure what's going on here because this figure was shown a long time ago. I was going to say, uh, like 2014. Yeah, it was also shown mm. in its entirety. So we saw it, but the feedback was pretty poor. Um, 
I think a lot of people commented about the the material that they had used to produce the Wolverine costume. Um, it was quite baggy and looked quite odd. They'd also taken uh, a few sort of artistic license moments with the costume, adding some straps and things like that. And uh, I think, you know, they probably just made a, a bit too much of a hatchet job of it. So perhaps it was back to the drawing board. Um, certainly the, the promo shot that we've got here does actually look pretty impressive. I mean, um, the material they've used is actually quite furry. They've obviously used a sort of faux leather kind of thing. And so instead of having that sleek um, look to his costume, it's, it's quite rough. But um, looking, well, I was going to say looking past that, but looking in the foreground, um, we're seeing uh, some pretty kick-ass claws going on. These actually look metal, uh, and uh, they look really, really nice. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with this one. I'll, I'll see what it looks like, and uh, if sideshows, you know, stick to their nature, we'll probably see this up for order next week. It's um, encouraging to see that they obviously have gone back to the drawing board on this. Mm, mm. Um, so it will be – I'm looking forward to seeing the full – Eddie, having the Deadpool, is this something that tempts you? Yeah, I've been, I haven't ordered the Punisher yet, but um, I'm not the hugest of Punisher fans, but I do like Wolverine, Mm. so it will be tempting, (laughs) but I I will have to uh, check out uh, how it looks in its uh, final form as sort of bends into that. But I am interested because the Deadpool actually really does have metal sharp swords. Um, whether these claws are actually going to be like mini knives um, there in the pack, in which case don't put it on the high shelf. But uh, it's, yeah, I I am, I I do love the brown costume on him and all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's it's done right through the rest yeah, there. And I do hope, similar to the Batman, he might have, you know, swappable portraits for the lower jaw um, or something mm. going on there to do different looks. Yeah, I mean, my love of Wolverine really took off in the um, the late sort of, or just under um, issue 200 of Uncanny X-Men, um, you know, sort of when John Romita was, or John Romita Jr. was doing his thing, and, and I really took to the brown and orange costume and uh, still prefer that over any of the, the variants since then. So it's, um, yeah, so I think that's pretty cool that they've actually gone with that look. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about this next week and probably just take one look at it and go, they haven't changed a friggin' thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we shall yeah. yeah, we shall see. All right. Well, if we haven't already talked about enough things to steal away your money, uh we did mention last week there was the preview of the sideshow premium format Green Goblin statue and uh, he is now up for order. Um no surprise, he's not cheap. He's 520 US dollars. Uh, he's expected to ship around Christmas 2016 uh, through to about February 2017. Uh, I have no faith in Sideshow's dates whatsoever anymore. Um, so, you know, we'll believe them when we see it. Uh, big surprise this for this one is there is no exclusive. Um, quite odd, yeah. actually. I thought that was a really, um, really... Well- Odd choice. Yeah, actually, um, with that head. Yeah, look, I don't know whether it was a cost thing that having a couple of extra swap out parts would push the the price up too much to the point where you know they just didn't think it was worth it. But um, I think they could have easily got away with some swap out stuff for this. The head looks fairly clear um, in terms of the way it's on the the torso that they could have had a swap out head with a bit more of a a classic Green Goblin portrait. Uh, the other option I thought of was having a swap out hand holding the um, the, the razor bats that he that he throws instead of the pumpkin bomb. But uh, we got neither of those. 
Um, look, I think this is a beautiful looking piece. Again, you know, the goggles haven't quite sold it for me, but um, I am getting the the Spider-Man premium format. So I think I will probably give in and get this one, um, but I just haven't pre-ordered it because, you know, there's without an exclusive, there's uh, plenty of other options and avenues for me to go through to get this one. But, mm. um, yeah, look, everything else other than the goggles is is actually pretty darn cool. I keep Sorry. looking at that Spider-Man premium format because <laughs> I'm not, I haven't been doing the Marvel ones, but you know, it's the kind of thing of, if I was going to have some, it would be the iconic characters, you know, mm. like, mm. and, um, uh, yeah. Look, I think it is something to consider because, you know, it's pretty clear that they've sculpted this to, to pair up with Spider-Man. Yeah. So and the I exclusive think... is still, the ex- exclusive Spider-Man is still available. It's not yeah. sold out yet. Yeah. What a surprise so. for Sideshow. Um, but I look. I think now they used to sell out. They did, and that uh, you know that in days gone by, I can remember you know you and I getting up at silly times to pre-order you know, things like the yeah. Rogue Premium Format statue, and that sold out in an hour or, or whatever it was. Hmm. Uh, but I can't remember the last time I saw something sell out. You know, within twenty-four hours of being solicited. But look, I think that will generate a lot more interest in Spider-Man, knowing that you can actually pair it up um, with this guy, and and I think that base is stunning. Um, he's got on sort of an awkward angle on his goblin glider, but the um, the smoke coming out of the goblin glider is actually forming the base, and I think that looks very impressive. So yeah. Nathan yeah. Mansfield is the sculptor, so I'd be very curious as to why they went with the goggles. So I hmm. do not love it. I, I mean, actually, though, I think that that overall the design of the statue is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that it's so beautiful that you may almost be able to overlook the goggles. Yeah, and something we're seeing, um, I mean, I think that head will actually ship separately because of the, the, the detail in the um, the ears and also the back of the, um, the the hat or whatever you call the, you know, the tail thing coming off the back. Um, so I can actually see a lot of aftermarket guys sculpting new heads for this and, and doing limited runs, which is something that mm. seems to be happening more and more. Um, I did actually Google Green Goblin just to see if I could find some shots of him with goggles, and uh, I couldn't. So it's a bit of an awkward choice. But anyway, that's fine, and um, you know, can't have everything the way you want it. No. Um, all right. And I think, sorry, I think it's just probably you know the nature of uh, the beast that um, you know there are times where I mean these aren't comic book guys necessarily, and there are times where you know someone throws something in there that looks cool. Mm. And probably the majority of the people wouldn't quibble with it's just us. Yeah. Crotchety well, old. Yeah. Look, I, I think a lot of it, a lot of it too, comes from this this need to to sort of give slight updates to things. Like if you take, for example, XM Studios, who are producing one quarter scale uh, Marvel statues, every one of their their statues seems to have taken some kind of artistic license with the costume and. You know, for example, their Daredevil, you know, is in a really, really cool pose, but the actual costume, you know, they've added straps to the boots and, you know, mesh to the sort of, um, you know, torso part of the costume and stuff just to sort of get it away from, you know, the pyjamas and red boots. Um, and I think that's something, you know, that we, we saw in the movies. They're starting to do, well, you know, all that sort of stuff because you just can't have people running around in spandex these days. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe there was an element of that in it, so... Don't know, don't know. But anyway, um, my last bit of news is a, a bit of an awkward one. Um, it sort of falls into the uh, flogging a dead horse uh, category. 
Uh, and that is that Sideshow announced a Star Wars convention-exclusive R2-D2 one-six-scale action figure, um, and it is being billed as an unpainted prototype six-scale figure. So uh, effectively, this is just their um, their existing R2-D2 one-six-scale figure, um, and it's being sold as an unpainted prototype, and so it's effectively grayscale. It's kind of a, a silver and grey um, looking thing, and I'd say it's you know it's I don't know. Apparently, it's being debuted at a um, a show in Hong Kong. Uh, these things rarely sell out at places like that, so no doubt Sideshow will have extra stock. And to me, it just seems like an opportunity to pimp that sculpt uh, one more time. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, but- the, you know, they're really getting. Uh, their money worth out of that with mm, the mm. other, you know, like you said, the other repaint, etc. So, but you know why? Because people will buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so they, but also, it doesn't actually come with any extras either. Like you're getting uh, the uh, the third leg that comes out of the bottom, but um, uh, certainly none true. of the extra bits and pieces that that you've you'd get with the uh, the normal. R2-D2, so look, I think, you know, that's definitely going to be for your diehards, given that by the time it comes out, it'll be fairly pricey, so. But anyway, that's it from me. Well, I am now, wouldn't now, you might say, wait, haven't they already done two of those? And also, isn't the Hot Toys one shipping now? (laughs) Um, But um, yes and yes. Uh, Now, and this is something I think that is a little bit annoying, about when Sideshow does stuff like this is that they solicit stuff and they don't kind of say this is different from blah and blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, this is the third one. Um, I have the second one. This, the, the second one was the deluxe. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so I've got that one and this looks like a, uh, just kind of retooled. There are some differences. I think the gloves might be slightly different. Mm. Um, my Darth Vader is right behind me, but up on a high shelf, and I can't be bothered to um, get him down and hold him up to the screen. I think that would make for good radio anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, new lightsaber thing. Um, the thing that I love about my um, deluxe one is the amazing base mm. that it mm. comes with. It's a light-up base. You know, it's that kind of, um, you know, it's strikes-back kind of grid uh fight scene thing um and this comes with a really boring hexagonal um base and uh only three extra pairs of hands <laughs> um but it's only two it's only 229 us too mm-hmm. so like you know it is it, i guess that more budget friendly um thing so why why bring this out right now when the hot toys one has just come out now, does your mm. deluxe one have the removable helmet? Because this one's meant to be Return of the Jedi Darth Vader, so I would have thought that'd chuck in the old Humpty Dumpty head. My, no, my, my deluxe one's got the the Humpty Dumpty head. That one does? Yeah. yeah. See, I, I haven't, can't see any pictures no, of Humpty Dumpty. No. no. Um, it, yeah, so the, the deluxe one has got the Anakin, old Anakin um, head, um, which I've never used. And also... It came with a uh, the exclusive. It came with you know that when Luke has his like nightmare thing where he um, mm. oh, yeah, yeah. hits him and then sees his face in the mask. Yeah. Spoilers. Um, that it comes with that piece as well. So I've actually um while we're talking about it that I got my shipping note. I pre-ordered the 
Darth Vader hot toys because I'm, you know, FOMO. Um, <laughs> and uh, fear of missing out in case you're not one of the cool kids. And uh, I, got my I thought it was a new Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Master I FOMO. I, oh dear, I don't want to get um, sued by <laughs> Disney or anything. Um, the uh, And anyway, I decided to cancel it. I don't, like, I looked at, I kind of sat there and I looked at my Sideshow one and I just love it. And I thought, you know, this is a lot of money and I don't need it. I love my Darth Vader. You know, there's going to be subtle differences, but I love the base. I love everything about it. It goes fine with the Hot Choice thing. So um, <laughs> I have conquered my my FOMO. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the Sideshow, the armored figures, they are Hot Toys quality. Like, there's almost... Like, I was looking in one of the Zing stores recently at the Cad Bane figure, and he's from the animated series, but he looks amazing in the detail and all that they've put into his face and all. Now, here is something that is going to challenge my FOMO. Um, And this is, I was mentioning earlier that the Hot Hot Toys Force Awakens stuff is making me nervous. Um, And this is, they've solicited uh, Ray on her own. But then also a Ray and BB-8 set, and that's that that is really making me <laughs> like the, you. You know how hard it has been for me not to buy the Star Wars Black Ray and BB-8 just for BB-8. Mm-hmm. And I even saw them today in Target at a not ridiculous price, and still managed to put it down. Um, and uh, gosh, this is a beautiful figure. I think. Yeah. The Ray, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually, uh, <laughs> I was on the IMDb and I ended up coming across, uh, you know, how you, you always go, it's like going to Wikipedia for, you know, to, to, to look up a plant and you end up, you know, the Boston Tea Party or something like that. It's just bizarre <laughs> yeah. how, how many sub-levels you can go down. and Yeah, and then you're, you know, you know, working out, like, you know, how many Chris's were there in the Partridge family exactly? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know when you're you're reading about a person and they, they go, oh, you know, he was a strict socialist, and you go, oh, now what? Now, hang on, what's their belief again? And then you you know, next thing you're reading the history of politics and stuff. Yeah, hedgehog self anointing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up on her IMDb IMDb page, and um, there's a, a great picture of her, um, you know, with sort of full makeup, and she's quite a stunning girl. Um, and I was just sort of looking at. At this, and I guess I had to compare it to some of the the photos that I've seen, and I think they've sort of um, toned down her makeup quite a bit for this film. Um, but yeah, I don't know. From some angles, the the portrait. Eh. I think part of the ones, and it's same with the black series, and that too, is she's got very small, thin wisps of hair coming down mm-hmm. between her ears. That when it's done in plastic, almost looks like she's got sort of some sort of pigtail thing going yeah. on on the side there like they can't it's hard to do you know a couple of strands of hair down the side without it mm, coming mm. i yeah, think this I, is one of the most attractive female hot toys figures i've ever seen look i don't think um you know i think it's beautifully done uh, i just think from some angles it doesn't quite look like miss ridley but um mm, bb8 looks fantastic like that's I a, know. It's a yeah. beautifully executed looking figure yeah. actually well, i'm glad, I'm glad the movie sorry i'm talking all over you the, the um <laughs> I'm glad the movie's not far away because yeah, yeah. then I can see it and then either go, wow, I dodged a bullet uh, mm-hmm. there, or I jump on and frantically order things before it's too late. <laughs> well, by the time people hear this, it'll be out. So you mean the film that we just saw. We're glad that it's out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's right. Now, you're, you're there next Thursday, aren't you, Eddie? 
Yeah, I actually just, um, because now I've moved, I'd originally brought my midnight tickets to a theatre that was in walking distance, <laughs> and now I'm quite uh, far away away from them, uh, yeah, so I figured yeah. I could spend $70 on a taxi home, or <laughs> I could buy another ticket for the 3am session and see oh it twice, word. and then that way I can just catch public transport home the next morning, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, when this episode comes out uh, on Thursday next week, I will have uh, seen it twice already. Uh, good man, and I man. and I won't have seen it. I can go, almost guarantee you. Oh, I've got I'll, tickets. For... I'll text you during telling you everything that's there, so you don't yeah. so you don't I, have so I'm FOMO. Not, I'm not spoilers. Don't bother me. I don't like. I don't. If I I'm, I will not actively seek them out, but I don't need to see it to avoid spoilers and. Uh, just with our schedule and what's happening, I'm not going to go and see it without my eldest, and she's not back until the 21st because they're going mm-hmm. um, away while I'm still at work, so I can wait. Yeah, I've got the 7 p.m. tickets on the Thursday. So. But anyway, look, I think this looks, yeah, I, I think they've done a great job in terms of the execution. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, um, speaking of hot toys, we're moving on to another license. Um yeah, the uh, I can't even make jokes about you know Iron Man <laughs> hot toy stuff anymore. It's just so ridiculous. Um, so now War Machine diecast, which I thought was had already been done. I'm lost. Surely, uh, Iron like, Patriot's been done. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so this is actually really good looking. Like the you know put the um, uh, fatigue of you know of um, Iron Man Hot Toys stuff aside. Um, this is from the Diecast line, so this is more pricey. You're looking at like 360 US, but obviously, um, you know, this is really gorgeous, and this is more of a uh, less of a movie thing, really. I mean, it's from Iron Man 2, but it doesn't have like a Don Cheadle head or anything. Um, it is beautiful. So if you were looking for, for that definitive uh, one six scale, War Machine, um, this could be it, and I'm sure there's still scope for it. The way that they've executed the um, shoulder cannon, I think, is beautiful. Mm. Mm. I think um, there is a Don Cheadle head to this one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got um, a battle-damaged um, visor as well. I, I, I just can't imagine that the... Oh, you're, I'm sorry, you're exactly right. Newly the... developed helmeted head sculpt with authentic likeness of John Cheadle as James Rhodes. The technical production that must go into a figure like this, like producing this out of metal and then, you know, assembling it so that it actually does stuff. Um, wow, it's just a true testament to, to how good yeah. these guys are. I'm still yeah. not going to buy it, but um, yeah. it is amazing to look at. I'll, I'll, I'll cheer them on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. I'll yes. cheer them on. Um, you know, and look, I mean, there's obviously um, a huge market still for this i mean they're going back and doing you know if there's a new iron man mark three um uh oh no that's yeah they they, they redid the iron man mark three mm. in in diecast for as an example um so yeah, th- there's definitely merit for it oh wow that's actually really beautiful that iron man <laughs> mark three diecast we better stop talking about it. I could, yeah. I know, I, and I Scott's just, just added something to his feeding the addiction. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, something. Oh, now here, something that I'll definitely be buying. This just Ooh, yep. uh, came out today. Um, uh, exclusive first look at uh, the Power Girl DC Comics bombshell statue, or should I say, 
the DC Comics Bombshells Power Girl and Superman statue. Um, so if uh, you go back to the comic book covers that they uh, did last year, I think, um, or early this year, when they had the DC Comics you know month of Bombshell uh, covers, their Power Girl design was her like as a strong woman with Superman dressed like a circus dude up on her shoulder. And that's the statue. Hmm. And I love it. It is like, we've got Harley, the Harley and Joker um, pieces coming out this month. Um, Hmm. He is already out. Actually, I just don't have mine. So yes, I saw it the other day in all star. Me too. And it's not mine. 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 I'm not sure where mine's coming from. I've got it sneakily pre-ordered in a couple of places that I can cancel. Um, so <laughs> That's how you end up with two of things. No, <laughs> I know. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how I ended up with two black canary bombshells. But anyway, it's another story. Um, yeah. So that's why it was a prize. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, beautiful. I think I this is beautiful, but yeah. I have one problem with it. And that is that, you know, like a friend of mine is a huge power girl fan. And if you were sitting there waiting for your turn at a bombshell statue, um, you know, you, some people might not want a Superman in their yeah, bombshell I, statue. Yeah. I, I do wonder whether or not we'll see a power girl on our own down the line. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that's partly one of the uh, beauties of this line is that, you know, like if we've got Harley Quinn, we've got Harley Quinn and Joker, um, you know, I'm holding out for that non-stripper-looking Catwoman. Um, <laughs> I hope you well, know, people haven't. W- wondering something kind of controversial here. M- might it be, and I hope it's not going this way, but sort of sales-wise for the statues, are they starting to add these male characters in to try and boost sales a bit well, here as well? Because it was so female-dominate yeah. for ages, and now they're starting to slip these other ones in. I don't know. I mean, this was the Power Girl cover design. Like, it was around, it's not like a brand new thing. It's been around for a while. So, you know, I think we've got, you know, there's quite a few still coming. There's Killer Frost and Cheetah and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there are other ones from that, like Katana that um, haven't, we haven't seen yet, but that you would have to expect are coming. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is really clever, but I do understand exactly what you're saying. Um, that Ben, that if you were a Power Girl collector, you might think, "Ah, oh, where's my Power Girl bombshell on her own?" I also like to think, you know, I hope you haven't um, set up your shelves so you know adjusted <laughs> them size-wise to sort of fit the bombshells uh, in there, because um, yeah, this one's going to add some height too. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. But look, I I love it. I'm looking forward to it. It's a clever design. I, I do. Yeah. yeah, I'll give them that. Yep. The 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 little. It's actually um, Superman's little uh, mo, <laughs> the strongman mo. Yeah, yeah the strong. Thank you, the strongman mo that seals it for me. And it's just like freaking, freaking hilarious. <laughs> Come, Thaddeus, let us lift some triangle weights in the gym. Easy <laughs> <laughs> uh, done. Now, speaking of uh, iconic hero characters. Um, you don't get much bigger than Prophet from Crisis. I'm sure uh, he's one of your guys' favourite ones. There, Scott <laughs> and Ben, have you heard of the Crisis video game? Yeah, oh, I've got a, I've got him tattooed on my ass. I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, 
I have a NECA figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so never, never that, heard of him. BT Dubs. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those that don't know, Crisis. It's a video game. It's kind of a cross between uh, uh, Call of Duty and Halo. Uh, I'd say, uh, and it's got your lead protagonist, which is Prophet, and he wears sort of a bio armor uh, suit. Uh, it's all sort of black. It looks like he's got sort of like a paintball mask, cross uh, snake eyes kind of look to it. Uh, they're in a very sort of muscle armor um, covering over there in all black. Uh, he's actually a very cool design. I think uh, this is where a lot of – he has had a couple of figures at this point. As uh, Ben said, there was the NECA figure a couple of years ago, and then there was another Japanese company, I want to say, that did sort of three-and-three-quarter uh, size figures of him. Uh, but this one here that we're talking about, I should actually get around to mentioning, is the three-zero – uh, one six scale figure of profit. He's looking to set you back around $230. He's up for pre-order at the moment. And I think he does look fantastic. He's a great design character and uh, 3-0 are definitely putting in their all uh, into this figure. The detail in him is amazing, particularly mm. the armor sort of mech suit pattern that he's uh, rocking here is yep. really uh, fantastically detailed. Um, I would love to see the um, articulation in this guy because it is very, very well hidden. Yeah, well, he does apparently have the soft PVC dermis on his limbs. Okay. Uh, so he might be sort of like your um, – I've got stuff with the Death pronunciation. They come, Fissian, um, mm, the mm. guy with the um, – uh, invisible limbs set up there going through on the armor. But, yeah, it's there are some points that you could quite cleverly hide articulation and that behind. But, uh, yeah, because when I first looked at him, I thought he was going to be like a statue or a PVC one. The articulation is uh, very well hidden. He also has um, some interchangeable hands, and he comes with his rifle with grenade launcher and also uh, from Crisis 3, he also comes with his uh, Predator bow and a couple of arrows there. So if you're a Crisis fan, um, you're definitely getting uh, quite spoilt for uh, a lot of uh, figures based on profit here, which is always mm. quite good. Uh, and speaking of the company that always provides fans of any uh, pop <laughs> culture uh, series or movie uh, with their merchandise, uh, we have our Funko News of the Week. So... Uh, the first lot I've got from them is the Fast and the Furious line, which is really the first Fast and the Furious toys we've gotten other than Hot Wheels, I'd say, for such a big franchise in terms of the toy world, unless I'm sort yeah. of forgetting anything. There's, yeah, model cars and Hot Wheels, but none really are the characters. So in this one we get uh, Vin Diesel himself, Don Toretto, uh, Brian O'Connor, uh, Paul Walker, and uh, he's sort of unmistakable here, Luke Hobbs, which is the rock from the movie. And there's also the deluxe Dom uh, that comes with his uh, Charger uh, car there, the sort of iconic car of the series. So they do look good. I've got a bit of a complaint uh, as a bald man. I think they're being slightly baldest here with Vin Diesel, <laughs> giving him the stubble of hair around <laughs> on the top there, making it sort of look like, oh, he, he could grow it out if he wanted to. Okay, oh, yeah. Says. Doesn't he have a bit of stubble? Not yeah, there. but I, I don't think we need to acknowledge it. I think we should embrace the bald <laughs> uh, pop finals here. Let us have our day. Xavier. Yeah. And the uh, i got to say that the uh, Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor, that it's one of those ones we go back to every 
uh, other time when it's just people in casual clothes that just if I saw that I wouldn't know no, that was no. him. Now really. I think that that uh, hair on that Paul Walker figure looks really bad. I it looks like he's um, kind of got like a deflated basketball on his head. It, it doesn't look like hair. It reminds me of caramel yogo. <laughs> just that you know you'd get the mixed variety of yoga pack and there's always the caramel ones that no one would touch I have no idea awesome what a yoga is yeah it's like a it's not yogurt but it's like chocolate yogurt and uh Gross. strawberry yogurt but it's just dairy flavored stuff uh, it's not real yeah they always have the gorilla on the ads and stop motion mm. as a kid okay get to the next one because i'm really excited <laughs> yeah uh, so the next one is one of the great uh, sci-fi TV shows, Battlestar Galactica, uh, and this is the remake uh, version from the mid-2000s. So in this, uh, we're seeing Lieutenant Starbuck, a Cylon Centaurian, and Number 6, who is possibly the best Cylon uh, of the show, in my opinion. But I was a young teenage boy when it started, so... Uh, there's a reason why she was my favourite one. So you're you're a uh, Cylon fan, Scotty. I don't. I'm what a, a BSG what are Battlestar fan. fans. Yeah, called? I could watch that over and over. Uh, you know, a couple of rough yeah. patches in that series, but uh, I love the characters, um, and I would definitely cherry pick this. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't get them all, but I would. You know, definitely pick up a couple of my faves. Starbucks being, you know, right up there. Yeah. Well, that's a like that Starbucks, like spot on. You'll look yeah. at that, even the the posture of uh, the actual figure under the head, like that's Starbucks yeah. posture, right, yeah. mm. right in there. They've they've got that uh, down, and the Cylon's actually quite impressive with the body they've uh, put on underneath. Uh, yeah, that no three. reuse there. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you're going to get six out and uh, put her on top of the monitor, you're going to have to use an awful lot of blue tack because there's no way that figure's standing up on her own. <laughs> for these tiny little feet. Yeah, I I think that would be one. Uh, like your Peggy Carter from the mm. other week. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, a bit of a risk one. And uh, the other one is uh, anime, which is one of my weak knowledge areas. So uh, there's Bleach, uh, which looks like some samurai guys. You've got Ichigo and Rukia. And Same there's... Also, uh, Tokyo Ghoul, which is an anime I've never actually even heard of or come across. We need Adam here uh, to catch us up. But we have Ken Kanaki and Tuka Karashima uh, in that. So uh, some interesting designs there. I mean, if you're a fan of uh, these franchises, I'm sure these characters would stand out well and uh, you'd be very happy because they look like they're getting a lot of treatment going on here. With uh, So the Simurai guys have their different swords and that and the tokyo ghouls have sort of these energy effects coming out the yeah. backs of them there so uh they're really groovy looking at you know, i don't know yeah. the properties but i think you know those um are really nicely done yeah and that's something we haven't really seen too much touched on by funko there were some dragon ball z ones and that but uh, i guess it's opening up a whole bunch of new licenses for them there diving more into the anime and of course the best funko news of the week by far is we had the big solicitation of all their Deadpool stuff coming mm-hmm. next year, mm-hmm. which was quite lucky for them, coincides with a movie coming out. So 
Um, the oh, yeah, fair- unfortunate. Yeah, the fairies of luck <laughs> are on that side. So we have two different Deadpool pop vinyls coming out. We have one with him holding his swords and one with him holding a gun and also giving the uh, this guy thumb pose uh, to himself. Now, one thing I was slightly disappointed on here as a big Deadpool fan, if we're going to get two Deadpool pop vinyls next year, uh, he's been given the exact same outfit, which is the Cable and Deadpool series version with this sort of orange um, button mid-strap teleporter on his chest, which is iconic for a period of Deadpool, but I would have liked if we got like a lot Rob Liefeld version or a, a Daniel Way sort of subtle differences in uh, the costume there rather than keep because they're obviously different moulds. Uh, that have been used, but uh, I'm just being a bit nitpicky here. Uh, <laughs> we also have a pocket uh, pop vinyl keychain, uh, which is sort of reverse colour uh, Deadpool. So the red parts are black and the black parts are now red as it comes through. It actually looks kind of similar to his uh, uh, Weapon X costume from that old Frank Terry series mm-hmm. when they had a crossover for a bit, but uh, the chest was a bit different, but uh, there you are. If you uh, want a second Deadpool keychain, you're in luck. Uh, if you're a fan of the Dorbs line, we have a Pirate Dorbs Deadpool uh, mm. coming out from the uh, Daniel Way run there. So he's looking quite cute. It's Deadpool wearing a little pirate hat uh, there on his head, and he seems quite pleased with himself with his sort of squinty, uh, happy eyes and uh, very adorable. I kind of, one, one little design choice, I kind of wish that, the uh, skull on his hat had a sort of similar Dorbs happy smile on too, but that's just getting me a little bit nitpicky. Uh, <laughs> now the thing out of all these I will probably pick up is the ceramic Deadpool mug from Funko. Um, I've actually seen a few of these starting to hit, and some of the paint hasn't been the greatest, but if I can find one of these with good paint, I'll definitely be grabbing uh, this mug here uh, for my green tea in the morning. And the Mopies. Uh, so this is where you really can't just have one Mopie or Deadpool. You've got to have four. <laughs> so you've got his classic red and black, you've got his X-Force, and you've got his two different uh, X-Men outfit variations there. So four in total, and they're looking like they're coming with little counter stock ones for their sort of mini Mopies there. And last but not least, we also have, uh, it's called a Super Deluxe Vinyl Marvel Deadpool. And is this this is kind of just a giant mystery mini, isn't it? It's a mystery mega. Yeah. Um yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. But he look he looks very cool. Uh in there Nine once again. Tall. Uh yeah. I'm sure there's a Deadpool joke in that, but I won't go mm-hmm. through there <laughs> with the yellow thought balloon. Um but yeah, <laughs> it, he's looking very cool there with his own big uh, box design. It'd be a perfect desk tchotchke. Uh, there, but uh, as a Deadpool fan, very happy to see that Deadpool's getting some merchandise because we don't know what will be coming from Hasbro with the weird Marvel Fox uh, rivalry. So, so as, as a Deadpool fan, let me ask you: I, yep. I was looking at the um, the Deadpool pops, and, yep. and I'm sort of looking at them and going, "Oh, okay, you know, there's two different ones. So you know, you can choose the swords or the you know the gun with the the, the sort of the thumb pose." And it's like, "Ah, uh, oh, which one do I have?" And I, and while you guys were sort of chatting, I went and had a look, and I went, "Oh, I actually don't have either of those. I've got the original one, which is mm. you know completely different pose where he's holding a sword the other way." 
Um, and so, obviously, you know, as a Deadpool fan, you've got your choices. Is this one of those situations where, you know, you just pick your favourite and be happy with it, or do you find yourself, you know, needing to get them all? Uh, I've been good so far in not picking up any of the Deadpool pops. Um, <laughs> I've been tempted, but I'm trying not to go down that line. And luckily, I, with the Marvel ones, they're bobbleheads, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan of bubble heads so i knew i liked you for some reason yeah there you go <laughs> do you find them terrifying and creepy like i do yeah i just find them weird and then if you Thank put you. them in boxes they get all yeah, no. not, and yeah it's just just kind of a weird things and people agree with me anyway because i'm right i don't need a bubble head that's to, right that's right uh <laughs> once but yes yeah, so i've been good on not but it's not to say that i haven't been tempted uh, buy this one, but I always argue in my head. Technically, it's not an action figure, so I don't have to buy it, and that's how I stay away from statues and mm-hmm. all that. But yeah, I, I think you could just grab whatever one sort of suits I mean, best. There must be at least half a dozen because um, you know a friend of mine gave me mine for my birthday, and um, there's also the you know there's the X Men Deadpool in the blue and yellow costume. There's the unmarked. Uh, the unmasked Deadpool as well. So yeah, there must be at least half a dozen yeah. different ones by now. Yeah, you got the X Force, and then there's the blue mm, variation mm. of the uh, one. There's the glowing dark one that was released. Oh, is it? Hot Topic, <laughs> I believe it was. There was a white, black and white one that was a New York Comic Con, mm, I want to say, exclusive. And I mean, he wears so many costumes in the comics too. They could keep going for meat mm. suit variant and. Evil Paul, Widow Wade. It's, uh, yeah, you, you could go through. Rob uh, Liefeld, 50,000 yeah. pouches. and Yeah. But uh, now to speak about the other Mr. Wilson, uh, we have coming from Prime One Studios, uh, the one-third scale Batman Arkham Origins Deathstroke statue. Uh, so similar to the other Prime ones we've talked about, this is a ginormous uh, statue. He's looking to set you back around nine hundred and twenty-nine US dollars, uh, and he's definitely there in all his uh, glory. So he comes with a uh, swappable head, so you can have him in his unmasked portrait. Uh, he's got a swappable regular right arm. He's got a right arm holding his assault rifle. He's got a right arm holding his ballistic staff. He's got his left fist that holds a ninjatsu sword and uh, also just a plain left fist, it looks like. Now, this is amazing and uh, great design uh, through here. And uh, he was a great part of Arkham Origins, the game. He is one of the best boss battles I've ever played uh, in a video game. So... Hmm. Uh, quite a good, good one to have through. But uh, yeah, you've got to be a very big fan uh, to be filling up your shelves with all these one third ones. Yeah, and I mean you've got to be a big fan too of the video game to shell out that kind of money. I mean, I I love Deathstroke. I'm a, a huge, huge fan of Deathstroke, and I'm hoping one of these days that you know Sideshow will add him to their premium format line and and sort of maybe you know homage the cover to um deathstroke the terminator number one that um famous mike zek cover um but as big a fan of deathstroke as i am you know i'm a fan of the comic version and this one's just way too busy Mm. for me um but what an accomplishment like the the detail is just extraordinary Um, yeah one third scale good grief 
Yeah, it's like even you can sort of see the stitching in his masks between. Mm. It's mm. just, yeah, beautiful, uh, beautiful design run there. And yeah, I'm a huge Deathstroke fan itself. I um, Usually most years at All-Star Comic, free comic book day, I get the bouncer duty at the door. And yeah. the year we did villains as costume, I did Deathstroke and yeah, yeah, cool. masked out the front and <laughs> definitely rocked it. But yeah, even as a huge Deathstroke fan and also his connection to Deadpool. Uh, my other character focus. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted if someone, you know, it's my 30th coming up, if anyone feels free to uh, pre-order it for me and send it through. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't even know where I'd put this without <laughs> wow. coming through. I mean, I mean, that would start conversations in your house. People come. <laughs> It'd start conversations with my wife, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, this is you know, prime one. Um, for, for guys that we'd never heard of 12 months ago, um, they're doing some just a- astonishing stuff with this one-third scale. They're, um, you know, they're, they're Batman, but also the Transformers stuff is just blown me away. I'm not a big fan of the, the movie designs of the Transformers, but the, the engineering is just amazing. Looking at the, the, I mean, the, the, the thing about this Deathstroke is they've sort of moved him away from the spandex uh, and gone towards, you know, full body armour and stuff, and... The, the blue elements of his body armour are made up of this kind of, um, I guess it's a simulated mesh, um, carbon fibre kind of thing, and the, the, the detail in that sculpt, and then they've gone and sort of battle damaged on top of that. Um, it's just beautiful. It's, uh, hmm. mm, gosh, I'm oh, looking at it now. Yeah. Well, uh, all right, that uh, about wraps things up for our articulated news. So we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFP podcast game and name that. Hey guys, it's John back with another thrilling installment of everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. And last time I left you, you heard this description. Retractable landing gear, cockpit roof can be open and closed. There's even room enough for two action figures, not included. Adjustable wing laser cannons, wings can be raised and lowered manually. Vehicle side pops off for easy interior access. About 20 by 36 by 21 inches high. Uses two AA batteries. And it was thirty six ninety four, which is a really good price because if you were like our good friend Eric's, who is one of the great contributors at TVandFilmToys.com, he knew that this was an Imperial shuttle from the Return of the Jedi collection. That's right, it's one of those vintage vehicles that got reissued back along the way of Power of the Force. And um, it's pretty cool. I don't have one of these. Every time I've looked at getting one, I just don't have the space for it because it would just, it's big, obviously. Um, probably about as big as one of Ben's TIE Fighters, maybe. Anyway, we will give you a chance to earn a point, just like Eric's did, if you can guess what this description is. Spin the blank rotor one way for continuous cap firing, or turn it freely the other way. Two cap guns are positionable, police lights turn, and canopies open to reveal seating for two 5-inch figures. One included. So, if you think you know what that is... Come on over to AFB Forum. That's AFBforum.com. And you leave your guess in the name of that thread. If you get a correct guess, you get forum points. And if you get enough forum points, um, you can get coal for people's stockings. Um, I think that's what we're giving out this, this, this week. Or at least that's what I heard in the memo. 
or maybe I'm just getting coal in my stocking. I don't really know. And if that's all too hard, you know what? You can always come over to tvandfilmtoys.com. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we play the picture version. You still guess in the forum. You still get points or coal or whatever it is. And um, it's fun because guessing's fun. And until next time, this is Engineer Nerd saying happy holidays. Peace out. The galaxy explodes. The Rebels return. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Rebel attack squad ahead. New Imperial shuttle. You have to put it together. Batteries not included. Action figures each sold separately. After him. Excellent, Lord Vader. Death Star signaling. Wings up. Prepare to land. Landing you down. This battle station better be ready or... Yes, my Emperor. New Imperial shuttle. Action figures sold separately. From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at uh, one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about a favorite or bizarre item from our collection. This week, Scott has the Toy of the Week, so over to you, Scott. Thank you very much. I am reviewing the classic penguin statue from Tweeterhead. Uh, It's always exciting to be reviewing... Uh, something from a company for the first time on the show, and this is the first Twitter head product that we've reviewed. Uh, this went up for pre-order quite some time ago, and I did mention on the show back in the in um, a feeding addiction a long time ago that I had pre-ordered um, this. Uh, obviously, one of the things that's very tricky when you have collected a lot of a particular statue line is then trying to blend in items from other lines into that collection. Um, my DC statue line outside of premium formats formats is all DC collectibles, DC direct. And um, it's always challenging when you're kind of looking at a new company to get an idea of scale and how that's going to work. But this uh, classic penguin is something I thought that was so such an iconic representation of a character that hadn't been done in this forum that I was prepared to uh, take a punt and see. So this is a 2015 release and acquisition. It is uh, from Tweeterhead. Tweeterhead has made quite a mark with some of their maquettes uh, based on the monsters, on the uh, Batman uh, 66 TV show. Uh, they're also doing, they have a Masters of the Universe license and they've been doing work from that and uh quite a bit of stuff happening for them uh they've got the collectible busts in the masters of the universe line and then some you know random things like elvira etc all in that statue space and uh but a big batman license and as well as the tv and movie stuff that they are doing they announced a Batman classic line, which is meant to be stuff based on the uh, characters from the comics, as opposed to the uh, media properties. And Penguin is the first in that series. So I uh, got this, I mentioned last week on the show that I was expecting this to arrive last week and it didn't, but I got it this week. And I, um, 
was very excited. So starting with the packaging, um, this came to me in a kind of standard brown shipper with the print on it, and then really nicely packed inside with uh, styrofoam supports to give a little bit of extra space for, to avoid crushing um, the uh, four color, uh, f- sorry, full color box. Uh, really beautiful artwork on the box. Same picture on uh, both sides. Uh, something that may trigger Ben's um, uh, compulsiveness is that these appear to be numbered. Uh, so this is uh, Batman Classics Collection number one. Um, yeah, I, I thought of you. <laughs> and uh, the uh, and then something interesting that I guess the first thing I really noted uh, was that these are not numbered. Um, so the box is numbered, but these appear to not be a limited edition, um, mm. or no, they don't have numbering on the bottom, etc. Which I was quite surprised about. I thought something kind of at this. Uh, scale and price point i'm certainly used to a limited edition and a an edition number and i'm not quite sure if that is something that is just not a twitter head thing and it made me really stop and think about well why do i care about that i don't know if i do or if it is just that you know hey that's what i'm used to and this is different but that was a surprise and i think it's something that's worth pointing out because if you're used to collecting at this end of the collectible scale, that's what you're going to be used to. This is a, uh, now I've just moved away from my little fact sheet about him. This is, uh, it's a one six scale, uh, sculpt. Um, it is 11 and a half inches tall, but there's a significant uh, amount of that. That is the base that he stands on. It is quite a small, uh, figure. I've actually put in my Facebook photo album him next to the Penguin Batman black and white statue and then a Batwoman cover girls statue just to give an idea about scale. So certainly bigger than um, like a cover girl statue, etc., but not um, gigantic. And I think that's you know one of the main things, even though you know the the height was listed there, it's really hard to just get an idea of the scale of things until you see it in person. Mm. And one thing I was kind of worried about was, is this going to be overwhelmingly large compared to other things I have? And certainly no. Um, it is, I'll be really interested to see how he scales with further characters that come down the line, but I'm really comfortable with this both from a scale and display point of view. He is sculpted by Mike Cusanelli. Now this raises an alarm bell for me uh, in this list. It's because if you've paid attention to um, my reviews in the past, uh, just from a personal taste point of view, I have, I'm not a huge fan of the body of work, um, particularly in female characters. I often find something just in the composition and energy a bit lacking. Really happy to say here, no issue. Uh, I think this is beautifully done. Um, no, no criticism about the skill and talent of the sculpture at all. It's just a personal taste thing. Um, but the, the detail here is beautiful. This is the 1940s penguin, the Bob Kane, Dick Sprang uh, penguin with the umbrella, the monocle, 
the the top hat, the cigarette on a um what do you call those things? Stick? <laughs> cigarette I, holder? Cigarette holder. <laughs> oh that oh the really yeah, really yeah, long that's, one. I'm sure there's a name. Someone mm. will write it in and tell yeah, us, I'm one. sure. Um <laughs> you're really nicely done. One of the things that I also found a bit hard just in terms of getting my head around from promo picks to in hand was uh how photoshopped the picture might be because the colors looked really strong. I kind of felt like, is this actually a production piece or is this a heavily photoshopped image? Now that I'm sitting looking on the Sideshow website at the photos and looking at the piece, no, not at all. Um, it is a, a, a really faithful representation of exactly what you're getting uh, color-wise and sculpt-wise, etc. He's in a kind of uh, offensive pose, I guess, with his umbrella pointed up, ready for action. He's got his cigarette in the holder hanging out of one side of his um, mouth. Yeah, it it actually is just called a cigarette holder. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that um, is the name. Stand in Arnold. Thank you very much. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> trying to do Arnold out of a job. Gosh. Uh, the, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you know, very, very nicely done. So from a, a sculpt point of view, I think that um, the detail is really lovely. There's some really nice uh, drapery in the sleeves of his uh, jacket and in his trousers, all the little ridges of his uh, suit pants are sculpted in. The sculpting work on the umbrella, etc., is absolutely fantastic. He's got a wicked uh, triple chin happening. <laughs> um and um that is uh you know sculpted in great detail um he definitely has a best side so the the side when he's facing uh, kind of right on um and you can see the monocle in his right eye i think looks fantastic other side the not monocle eye not not quite so strong um the and I'm not sure how much of that is sculpt and how much of it is paint, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, definitely, I mean, he's positioned in terms of the way that he's positioned on the base is very much with the monocle eye kind of getting the focus, and that is certainly the angle from which he's strongest. He came in three pieces: the base, the figure, and then the cigarette. The there's a little, very small. I think probably could have been a tiny bit bigger hole in the left side of his mouth where you slot the little cigarette holder in. Um, I think they could have afforded to have drilled that a tiny little bit deeper just to make it nice and secure to fit the cigarette holder in. But that is a, you know, a minor pick. But everything else um, on the figure is in one piece. He's got his attached to the base by just a single steel peg on his left foot, which does mean that there's a little bit of movement uh but i'm you know those double peg feet always can be a bit scary uh, i mean yes they're a bit more secure but if they don't get get it exactly right i often have felt like i'm about to snap a, a statue in two trying to get both feet in the peg <laughs> so you know that that's fine for this the detail on his face both in terms of the the jowls the uh, you know, very characteristic um, protruding pointy nose with significant nostrils, 
uh, the uh, furrowed brows, his teeth, which are sculpted, is just amazing. It is a really detailed, very clever sculpt. The monocle is a separate piece, looks like plastic. Uh, the string that his monocle is attached to is made out of a flexible plastic. It's not um, string, but it's not uh, something that's heavily breakable either, and the monocle looks like it is glued in place. But then the umbrella to the left hand looks like all one piece that's then just uh, painted. Mm-hmm. So the the base is a kind of roof. They love doing Batman characters on rooftops, don't they? <laughs> um, and yeah. so this is a, a rooftop base. It is a trapezoid. And the other characters that have, statues have been solicited in this line so far, which is the classic uh, red and yellow Batwoman and Two-Face are on similar pieces as well. I'm not sure that they're actually meant to join together or they're just complementary. So we'll see when we when we get the next one. Um, but that is really nicely sculpted as well. Um, Paint-wise, there is uh, very little, if anything, to complain about. Um, the There's a really nice use of a gloss paint just on the collar of his jacket that really makes that stand out and just gives a nice little extra feel to it. And then some really nice touches like metallic gold paint on the tip uh, tips of his umbrella um, and the handle of his umbrella. Um, really nice work there. There's very little if any slop here that I can complain about, obviously things like uh, the hand joining to the umbrella when it is all one piece um, is tricky and it's very nicely done. There is the tiniest bit of uh, bleed from the hand to the umbrella, but that is getting really nitpicky. Um, And then again, on the the other side, the hand to the handle, um, it's really nicely done. Um, the uh, the demo piece uh, or prototype was painted by David Fisher, obviously then you know, hand-painted in a factory, but I don't think Gertie got anywhere near this. I think that <laughs> um, you know, this has been very nicely done. Um, maybe, uh, again, up on the top hat, he's got a purple band around the black hat and the tiniest bit of um, bleed from the, the band to the hat but that's getting really picky. The face is really nicely done. That left eye, and again, um, you know, when you look at it kind of face on, um, obviously he's an oddly shaped human, right? He's not really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, meant to be proportionate. He's got an, an, a, quite a big head uh, for his um, body. Uh, the left eye, it's actually painted um, pretty nicely, but perhaps, um, no, you know, I think I can't really complain about it. It's it's actually very nicely painted. I just think that the the monocle eye is more uh, aesthetically pleasing to look at. Um, he's not meant to be a model, right? So mm-hmm. definitely not going to win any um, cute baby contests. That's uh, that's for sure. This is, I think, uh, a line that I'm getting really excited about now that I've seen this. I'm not a hundred percent on the Batwoman just because it's not a 
a really significant char- version of the character to me for this price point. I mean, you're looking by the time you, um, it's two twenty five US, but you know you're looking at definitely over three hundred by the time you do a currency conversion and shipping. However, I have seen this um, both; it's in stock at Pop Culture, and I've seen it in person in a few zings. Okay. Um, so if you are in Australia and you're interested in this before you look at an overseas option, definitely uh, look there. Um, but you know, it is a. I think for the for the price point, uh, the Two Face I'm extremely keen on, because again, a classic version of that character is not something that we've seen in the statue space, um, and I think you know it'd be nice to not have this guy lonely. I'm assuming that a Batman is coming. Mm. In the in the Batman classic collection, um, you know, I'm assuming that they started with other characters simply because they're doing you know, Batman stuff in the TV side. But e- even so, I think just to for me to add a couple of new DC characters to my DC statue collection is something that's really exciting, and it's an, in a scale and, and a version that doesn't completely clash with other stuff that I've had. Um, I could definitely put this up a, a, with some of the other one six scale DC statue stuff that I've got and not have it look out of place. Cool. Um, so yeah, look, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give him a nine out of 10 dolly rating. Mm. And that, that's simply because the paint isn't perfect, but again, you know, that's just trying to keep them honest. Really. I think that uh, this is a really exciting entry for me into, I think we're in a really, exciting time where there are different companies coming to the fore uh, at different scales and price points, giving us more options for collecting in this space. And I think that's really exciting. So definitely tipping my hat to tweet ahead. I'm delighted to have my first tweet ahead product and I am really looking forward to seeing what else they do in Mm. the comic space because that's where I collect, you know, I don't really collect movie TV stuff, yep, yep. etc. in the, in the superhero space, I collect the comic stuff. But I think that th- this is a really clever choice to do some classic stuff. There's a lot that, that could be done here. And based on this, I will definitely, you know, consider seriously anything else that they do in this line. I think that's fantastic. I think given that we've got, you know, companies like prime one doing, you know, the video game adaptations and we're getting those really sort of modernised, stylized versions of, of, you know, what we know as classic characters. It's nice that there are companies out there like Tweet Ahead who are still producing stuff for, you know, the, the, the classic fan. Yep. Mm. And, Scotty, if you had a character that you wish to come up soon in the classic one, what would it be? Um. Well, I think, you know, Batman, Robin, Joker obviously are – you know, ones I'm certainly hoping that are coming. You know, I, th- I think beyond that, uh, it'd be really interesting to see what they do with some of the other um, kind of classic Bat villains. So, you know, your classic Mr. Freeze. Um, that's the thing that we've never really seen in the statue space. The, the Batman Black and White has certainly given us a few. I mean, we have a, a similar, This it's kind of a, the Batman Black and White Penguin is uh, more of a 60s, sort of version. Um, but you know, there's definitely some space for other characters there. Uh, you know, a, a more classic Catwoman as well, I think is something that 
I think would be kind of great to see because it's just covering stuff that hasn't been done really in in this space outside of some of the black and white characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd also, you know, think that uh, if this is something that uh, has the potential to expand um, to, you know, beyond the Batman side, that would be incredibly exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, thank you for that, Scotty. And that wraps up our Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collection this week. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire, and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the planeteer's eco-cycle. And your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet. Bring him to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. We are all here because we collect, so Feeding the Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we have made. Uh, So, Ben, how about you go first? What have you added to your nerd cave this week? Oh, uh, (laughs) Um, yes, as I mentioned in the start of the show, I got a bit, um, bit of Star Wars fever. Um, you were kind enough to get me the, uh, the Phasma and Stormtrooper figure because I, I had seen um, Nada in in my town and uh, got a complete shock when I walked into my local Big W to see that they had restocked and I must have been there very soon after they were unpacked and, and put on the shelf because um, there was plenty to choose from plenty to choose from to the point where I actually sort of went, wow, um, I, I'm not sure what to do here because, um, you know, I felt like if I walked away, they were going to disappear and, and you know, <laughs> and if, um, anything that I wanted uh, would then, you know, incur a postage fee. So, um, so look, I already had a, a Guavian Enforcer um, and you know, everyone knows I'm a bit OCD when it comes to an army builder. So, you know, I had no, no, yeah. I had no choice but to pick up another one of those. Um, but what I was presented with was some um, stormtroopers, and um, since I already had uh, the one from Eddie, um, I kind of liked the idea of Phasma being flanked by a couple of stormtroopers, and so I picked up um, another three. Uh, there was only four on the shelf, and I managed to, to get three of them. Um, but I also know that people have been um, picking up phasmas wherever they see them so that they can sort of hock them on eBay for stupid amounts of money. And so um, I did actually pick up a, a second phasma and uh, I'll be putting that How much that did out. you get on eBay for it? Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for the person to pay. <laughs> no, just just kidding. Um, no, look, I'm going to throw that one open to the Facebook groups and, um, you know, if anyone is after one, particularly once the movie comes out, I imagine she'll be a bit harder to find. So... Um, that one's set aside to um, help out a fellow collector if necessary. Um, but uh, so I had a pretty darn good score uh, picking all those up and uh, was, was quite pleased with myself. But then uh, I headed off to uh, a, a Toys R Us that's kind of out at our airport. And it's kind of in the arse end of nowhere. And uh, I, I actually specifically went there to get something for my daughter for Christmas. And I thought, I'll just have a bit of a wander through. And they had actually restocked their Toys R Us exclusive Snowtrooper officer. 
Um, and I thought, well, you know, in the worst case scenario, if the snow troopers are actually hard to find, then I can always just pop the heads off of these ones, remove that pauldron and put the head back on. And I've got a regular snow trooper. So um, I actually picked up two more of those snow troopers and they had 10. So um, I, uh, I left the other eight there and yeah. So all up, it was quite the Star Wars week. Yeah. Well done. And uh, Scotty, you've picked up a few things and one big surprise. I've had a, yeah, I've had quite a week. I had, last week I said I was waiting for a couple of things, my penguin statue and then also my DC Collectibles Constantine statue. And I was complaining they hadn't arrived. I have to give a semi-apology <laughs> because they, uh, I had them both delivered to my office because they were both coming from places that don't deliver to PR boxes, um, sideshow. Mm. Um, and, and then a UK seller is where I got my Constantine from. And, uh, so, and normally those just, you know, appear on my desk and everyone goes, Ooh, what's that? Open it up. And I say, get lost. You know, that's, <laughs> I'll show you a picture when I, when I get it home. Um, the, but neither arrived and I was away this week, but I texted one of my colleagues and said, did I get any boxes this week? And they said, no. and I'm like, man. Um, but then I had a text. I get like you know, an SMS notification when I get parcels at my post office box. Mm, mm. And so I had something there, which was actually something my wife ordered for one of the kids for Christmas. So I went there today to pick it up. And then, and they then said, oh, we've got a couple of boxes for you. Like, oh, that's that's strange, and I and I said, oh, there. I meant to go to the office, and it was really funny. The little the the LPO that I have my post office box at is run by this lovely Chinese lady and her dad, and he just said, "Lazy parcel man." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right, say no more. So yay, win. So I got my Constantine as well. Um, I also picked up in my travels this week my Bashojo Black Canary, which I'm sure I'll review at some point. She's a new release and then i had heard on the facebook groups that hasbro uh, uh, dumped a lot of stuff at the reject shop um here in australia and so i went and i got uh four figures from the marvel legends winter soldier line for ten dollars each nice and i got the black canary the winter soldier Black, and Black Widow. Black, yeah. Oh, so, hello, hello. Yeah, Black Widow. We're doing the now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yep. Um, and then a couple, I can't remember. I, they're just, I really wanted them for the Mandroid pieces. Because mm-hmm. right? I'd actually kind of given up on ever building a complete Mandroid. <laughs> because I had bits for a couple, you know, that, that the Winter Soldier line was one of those weird lines that was part movie, part comic. And mm-hmm. I was not really interested in the movie figures, so... I didn't have any of those pieces. I only had the pieces from like the Baron Zemo and the AIM agents and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that I have them all now. I haven't actually built a Mandroid yet because I don't have time to open anything, but I think I might be building a Mandroid. And do then. You, do you have the um, Marvel now Captain America? Is that the one that comes with the head? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because well, my understanding is that's the one figure that didn't actually ship as part of this deal. Yeah, that wasn't in the. I didn't see that in the um, the I, I got like there just happened on and uh, like none of them seem to have been touched and they didn't mm. have that. But oh, I do cool. I I'm pretty sure I've got the head. So that I might be you know looking for head just like everyone else. Um, <laughs> or uh, we'll I'll let you know next week. Um, and then at the checkout, I don't know what I how this happened. <laughs> but I, yes, but I bought 
I bought a Transformer. Yay. And Well, yay. And then I was, like, so proud when I, <laughs> I texted my closest friends and said, I can't believe I just bought a Transformer. Um, you know, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> and it's a, a Grimlock, um, cause you know, we just did a toy history of him and, uh, and it is a flipping change. Um, and so then I texted my closest friends and, uh, and then I got back from one dickhead. Um, but you know what a flip changer is? They're like the, fr- my first transformers. Some clever engineering, but you'll look funny transforming him. (laughs) Thanks, Eddie. Well, it's it's also because of the way you transform him. I don't care. Have you have you taken him out and transformed? No, I'm so I'm so ashamed now. Can can, can I spoil how you transform? Yeah, I don't care. You you grab him by the legs and sort of split them open like he's doing the splits oh. and then you spin him around and he's, as he spins change. around the legs he changes that way and the legs become <laughs> the arms so you're sitting there it's like a bop it or you know you're trying to like spin a towel around because you're about to whip someone sort of motion like you just yeah sit there and holding it hasbro super fun super fun who, who knows what happened here but that's the the reject shop right they get you know stuff that whatever so oh, um, yeah you know, there's yeah. Well, whatever's of, sitting in warehouses. Yeah. That. So there's and a I mountain, mean, if, you're, if you're a Transformers fan and you're in Australia, get down to your local yeah. reject shop because mm. there's mountains of Transformers there. And <laughs> our reject shops are quite lucky. We actually, um, that's sometimes, it's usually a year after things come out, we get it because they will take stuff from the Chinese warehouses because mm. we're such close shipping to it rather than oh, okay. sending them to other spots. That's why we sometimes end up with these crazy good deals on Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't opened that, and it may well yet end up under the wishing tree at Kmart or something like that. Yeah. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, you know, it's really a bit silly just because it's not my thing. But it was fifteen dollars, you know. Like, so it's, yeah. like, it's a decent yeah. size thing. So I was like, oh, this looks cool, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. You didn't see any jet fires there to get in on Jetfire Gate? <laughs> no, I don't even know what that means. You're on last week's episode. That's the hard to come by. One. Was it yeah. when you were talking? Because I probably wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it was my whole okay. toilet week class. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while, while I'm talking, I'll, uh, I'll uh, bore Scott again. Um, so <laughs> with, with my week, I, similar to Ben, have been caught up in a bit of episode one fever. Um, I've also got some doubles. I picked up another trooper for myself so I can flank Phasma in two poseable troopers. Uh, but I also got, uh, now I know people have brought figures because they have swappable heads two times. Uh, this is the first time I've probably brought a figure twice because he has swappable hands and that's the, uh, Poe Dameron figure who, uh, even though I haven't seen the film yet, just off what little I know, Poe's been kind of my guy that I like the most, so... Uh, I'm grabbing him so I can have him with the helmet on and gloved hands and then one uh, with helmet off and non-gloved hands uh, on my shelf. Uh, And also, speaking of uh, that same guy, I also picked up the two-pack of Poe wearing his casual gear uh, and the Riot's uh, First Order Trooper. uh, This is a Target Target exclusive, isn't it? Yeah, so here it's turning up a target. I actually don't have this one at hand yet. I sort of misspoke. It was a mate of mine at work found him at his target uh, near him, which is the only one so far I've heard of actually 
getting them in stock so far. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't heard any reports of aid. They had about five there from his count, and he went back the next day, and there were only three uh, left when he grabbed them. Um, so these are some of these exclusives that are starting to turn up in um, a few random spots. But uh, So I should be getting that off him once I get back to work on Monday, but uh, very excited to have that. The trooper just looks to be pretty much the exact same trooper, just uh, with some a shield and a sort of lightning stick thing. Uh, I in obviously live in, you know, a, a third world part of the country. Um, it's, not as <laughs> I, it's not as if I live in the capital or anything like that. Because <laughs> I, I find that, that my bricks and mortar stores are, are one or two days behind. Uh, you know, whenever this sort of stuff gets announced, I go and have a look and there's nothing. And, um, you know, I was certainly looking for the riot trooper. Uh, and I've seen nothing. I went to two different targets. So. But uh, I'm heading out tomorrow, so I might have another look, and who knows, maybe uh, well, something different. Uh, while you're heading out on your Star Wars hunt, I'd uh, recommend that you try Big W again, uh, because down here our Big Ws are getting the exclusive Kylo Ren's in. Uh, uh, yes. I actually just picked up a couple of hours ago uh, cool. on my way. Uh, back through, I got a message from a, uh, a old friend of mine who's, who actually is a fan and listens to the show, Louis. We've been collecting Star Wars figures together since we we're about eight years old, <laughs> and um, he sent me a message saying, "Hey, I just found these at our local Big W. They still had four left, and by the time I got there, about an hour later, he was the only one left on the shelf. So uh, they are flying a bit, uh, and this guy's fantastic. I actually think he's." better than the single-carded uh, uh, Kylo ah. Ren. So it's pretty much the exact same figure. Uh, the only difference is you get a non-ignited lightsaber hilt that's the exact mm-hmm. same one that comes with uh, the other one, just it has no blade to put in there, and it's much more painted uh, detail on it. And you've also got a ignited... Uh, lightsaber of his but this one the blades are permanently in so you don't have any of the flare connecting them to make it removable uh, so that's much more screen accurate his left hand is like an open palm of him doing sort of a force choke or um, sort of a, a pose he's been doing a lot in the trailers there so yeah. he's doing yeah. something there with the force and then there's some paint changes to his lower legs uh, for a bit of a snow effect uh, on it that makes it look like he's been trudging through snow. That actually works quite well. There's a bit of a shiny overlay on his uh, boot ones that make it so look So he's still fully wet. articulated and... Still fully articulated. Okay. The same. I, every time I've seen that, I've thought, what is that? Is that like a staction or, mm. or whatever? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think what gives it that is he comes with a base, um, and he's known as the Starkiller base, which seems to be the snow planet uh, that you see in the trailers. Uh, and this one, it's it's actually probably one of the best bases that I've ever seen. It's a clear translucent plastic that's had the sort of a blue colour, and then with the white snow over the top, it's given it a very uh, ice feel with snow on the top, and it just works really well. And there's no peg holes or that. It's just footprints in the snow. Um, and because when you're standing in snow, your feet kind of sink, it just mm-hmm. slides right on through there. So he's a really good figure all up. I mean, he's not – if he was your only Ren that you got, he might bother you a bit having sort of the white splotches of paint on uh, the lower part of his legs. But uh, in terms of everything you get in there – and the other thing that kind of works well is because of the way he's put in the plastic and the packaging, his hood sits really well 
mm. on him. It's not all flared out. So, uh, and here he's the exact same price as the single carded one. We'll set you back uh, anyway. And you'll like him, Ben, because there's no number on the box, so you won't feel uh, yeah, out of place game. with the exclusives <laughs> if you don't grab them. Yeah. Yeah, and I also had uh, come in my Walgreens Daredevil and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy box set which were sitting here waiting for me in my new house which was a kind of nice thing to see walking in the door jeez what a week yeah we did well this week for the economy we did, we did. if no one has anything else to report uh we'll come back with our next segment what is this bizarro world Red Carded is our chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements or a complete fail in the action figure or worse. Handing out our penalty this week is Scott. So over to you, Scott. Thank you, Eddie. A a really strange and surprising thing um, this week in the action figure journalism world that I think we we thought was worth mentioning here. Uh, I'm, chatted at the beginning of the episode about doing some stuff with Marvelicious Toys, and that, of course, is run by the fabulous Arnie and Marjorie, um, who are also of Star Wars Action News, which is a very long-running toy podcast. And they, one of their um, colleagues, Justin, who is also on Marvelicious Toys, uh, this week, now I'm going to tell this in a way that doesn't that explains that it was a spoiler, but doesn't say the spoiler, just to avoid hate mail, right? Um, Justin from Marvelicious Toys found in his uh, local Walmart in Iowa a Force Awakens action figure that he didn't know was out, uh, but it was out on the shelf. He bought it. And uh, they then posted a picture of this figure on the Star Wars Action News Facebook page. Uh, Turns out that this figure that he bought properly and totally above board at his Walmart was an embargoed figure that should not have been released until after the movie because the figure uh, potentially could give away some plot points of the film for a particular character. Uh, so the way that this was discovered was, uh, that the, uh, Star Wars Action News Facebook page was, uh, subjected to a takedown demand, uh, under the uh, Digital Millennium Copyright Act notice from Disney, uh, to, and Facebook took down the, uh, image, uh, Disney filed the DMCA saying that it was a a copyright infringement. So uh, Marjorie emailed Disney and explained what happened. Uh, You know, this was legitimately purchased. And that, to me, makes it news. Mm. Um, So uh, and then the, the silly things just continued. Disney withdrew the DMCA. Facebook restored the photo, and then Disney resubmitted the DMCA. <laughs> Facebook it removed the post. So, and it, and it also banned Justin from Facebook for three days. Of course. 
for posting mm-hmm. the uh, picture. So, and and subsequently to that, uh, other people reposting the image from the uh, Star Wars Action News Facebook page, because obviously once you put an image up on the internet, the cat's out of the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no mm-hmm. there's there's no putting it back in. Um, other people that have reposted the image have also been sub- subjected to DMCA notices from Disney. Um, Lucasfilm hasn't commented, Disney hasn't commented, etc. Uh, but the yeah, to me, I think you know, yes, you put these things in place. Yes, someone you'd have to assume somebody at the Walmart in the thriving metropolis of Iowa where this happened um, has made a mistake, you know, an innocent mistake, put uh, some toys out before their release date. And yet it gives away, you know, again, not going to say it. I would say it's only minorly spoilery, Mm. um, but other people might disagree. Uh, But once someone has found it and he posted a photo of his receipt from Walmart to show like this was legitimately purchased, he found it on the shelves, that then becomes a matter of public record. Yeah. This happened. And so that is, you know, something I think that – uh, it, you know, it's really interesting in this, uh, the age that we live in now, where the instant nature of social media means that, you know, traditional news and reporting, etc., cetera, uh, has been really turned on its head. Um, I think that's one reason why we now see a lot of really bad reporting mm. and uh, misinformation. Mm. Because everyone's racing to be first, no one has got time yep. to fact check. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, when you think about um, serious events that happen in the world and the amount of misinformation that uh, ends up um, spewing out, it's because people don't have time to yeah. actually get their facts straight. They're they've got to try and get it out there first. Well, it's um, easy to send a retraction than miss out <laughs> on the views. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but you, know, you go back to um, things like the terrible Sandy Hook shooting, etc., where they reported the wrong brother as the mm, the shooter mm. and all that you know sort of yeah. crap, um, which is reprehensible. Um, but again, that's that that kind of instant nature that we we live in. But but then it also means that you know there are things that some some things that traditionally people might have been able to control that you just can't control anymore. And to me, this is one of them. I think that, you know, that, that uh, I've read a couple of things. This has actually been widely reported outside of, um, you know, the, the, the toy journalism world. Uh, and, um, you know, you can find stories about this all over the place now because it is such an interesting uh, case. Um, but I think to penalize someone for posting something that they legitimately purchased from somewhere uh, to put, you know, a um, you know, people like Arnie and Marjorie, who you know, it you know, it is a a, a labor of love ultimately. Yeah, yeah. You know, what they do, and uh, to put you know people like that through something like that is really crazy. Um, the fact that the the DMCA was withdrawn after. Uh, Marjorie contacted Disney and then reinstated, I think also is just bizarre. 
Ah, oh, yeah. just goes to show, you know, typical fascist bully boys. And uh, I, what I find interesting is that um, there doesn't seem to be any talk of Walmart whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I was um, really grinds my gears with this one is they're going after the fan of the product, the people who are buying it, the people who give them, you know, hundreds of hours of free advertisement for the Star Wars brand out of their own pocket um, for it, and they're going after these guys. But, you know, really, the contract with releasing this toy sat with Walmart, um, and there hasn't seemed to be, like, I'd be shocked if there wasn't anything behind the scenes, but, you know, there's nothing publicly being done with them, whereas these guys are copying it. And on the stupidity factor, now this figure has probably seen three times the amount of attention than if they just ignored the picture and put it up. It's like saying, don't go to this horror film and then all the teenagers turn around and want to see it. (laughs) Absolutely. It it is a uh, vicious circle, obviously, once that gets out there, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think, and I think hats off to them that they are actually trying to conceal plot points from this film. You know, we've been talking about that, uh, recently in that yes i think we are overexposing and over consuming stuff in the lead up to these big event films that then means that there are no real surprises um and that then you get that kind of sense of letdown and that it just can't match your expectations and i think that they have cleverly tried to keep some things as a surprise for the people that you know when you see the film and so yeah, hats off to them for that. But when something like this has happened, you know, the wrong people are being punished. Yeah. And for that, Disney is getting our red card of the week. Yeah. Mm. Boo. Boo. Pick on someone your own size. Which is no one because you're yeah. the biggest thing in the world, right? Yeah. Um, that's yeah, maybe go bully Apple or something, right? That's yeah. the reason Walmart didn't get in trouble is because, you know, they uh, they create $100 million worth of revenue with Disney. Yeah. <laughs> well, from customers, though, that they're going through here. But uh, there we are. So uh, coming up after that well-deserved fail, uh, we have our toy breakdown. The Hulker Big Battles. The new giant electronic talking small soldiers. I am Archer, leader of the Gorgonites. Phrases like in the movie. Prepare for battle. And giant electronic talking chip. Major Chip Hazard reporting. The ultimate in hand-to-hand combat. Commandos, attack! Chips armed to the teeth. But Archer cuts him down to size. New giant electronic talking Archer and Chip. each sold separately. And as promised, now it's time for our toy breakdown of the Hasbro Star Wars Black Series. First Order, Stormtrooper, and Captain Phasma. Uh, So, Ben, we're going with the uh, troopers here today from the First Order. We are indeed. And uh, I just want to say up front, thank you very much, sir, for your efforts in uh, in tracking these figures down for me. Um, The Star Wars Black have been uh, sparse, um, to say the least, here in Australia, the the initial runs sort of sold out, and if you you didn't get in, then you missed out. And uh, I was certainly hunting down Phasma when I managed to pick up the rest of the wave, um, but missed Phasma. And uh, yes, thanks, mate. You actually found one for me, and was kind <laughs> enough right. to pick it up and and send it to me. But um, 
I got a surprise too when you mentioned that you also had uh, one of the first order stormtroopers um, as well. So I got both of those and uh, they arrived safe and sound and here they are. And uh, yeah, my, my impression between the two varies, but um, <laughs> hmm, very interesting, very interesting. Um, all right, well, shall we uh, kick off with uh, just some details? Yep. Um, and that is... Um, these are 2015 releases, and uh, the Star Wars Black is that six-inch scale that we are thoroughly enjoying. Um, those prices for these vary somewhat. I think you're looking at about sort oh, of 20, yeah, about 20 US dollars uh, in the US, depending on where you shop. And in Australia, they, they're sort of all over the shop. Um, the main thing uh, is, if you can find them, you'd probably be paying about 35 Australian dollars for them. Now, yeah. um, mate, the the window box packaging. Mm. Um, I was um, when I, I took a photo, um, you know, of the stormtrooper in one just for for the show, and I was sort of looking at it. And the one thing I, I really have come to um, come to sort of what what I, I guess decided about it was it really is uh, a collector packaging. Um, yeah. There, there's no pop about this at all. There is nothing in the design that is there to sort of um, jump out at little kids that are wandering through the aisle with, you know, like you look at something like, um, you know, the Mashes figures and, and the way they do, say, the Marvel ones, they're all bright and colourful and there's big blurbs and, you know, and text all over the boxes. But this these figures are incredibly subtle in the way they're done, even from the logo being done in that sort of, um, you know, that grey silver on the black background background. Uh, I really yeah, don't no, jump definitely. out at you at all. But uh, the amazing thing is I remember in primary school I had an author come and speak to us and he talked about writing his book and all that. And it was a – I'm sort of blanking on the name now. It was a popular kid's book at the time called, like, uh, Terrible Tales for Naughty Boys and Girls or something uh, like that. And uh, he was saying he had to self-publish. And because mm. in the end he had to self-publish, he couldn't really afford a colored a cover design, and it just had to be black with white text. Okay. And he said in the end it actually helped sell his book because in the kids' book market, you've just got all these colorful front covers and all that. They all blur together, and then you have just the solid black, and it just makes it kind of stand out. Yeah. And it's one thing I, I've actually noticed is um, – from time to time, either the solid black or the red strip down the side actually yep. helps things sort of stand out to me on the shelf. But unfortunately, yeah. the titaniums have the exact same design, and there's been a couple of times oh, I've gotten no. excited <laughs> thinking I've found something, but it's uh, some titanium ships and uh, yeah, no actual yeah. figures. When you are actually looking for them, it, it does make it handy because uh, a lot of the other stuff is actually quite um, bright and, and splashy. So um, I guess, you know, this particular collector's, line um therefore does stand out so um but look you know these window box packaging as far as i'm concerned i think i said on last week's show this is what um all figures six inch figures should come in these days i think this is you know there's no excuse for having uh blisters stuck to cardboard or or anything like that this is just um so easy to deal with on so many levels i mean if you're a uh, a mint in box person, you can just plomp it on the shelf and uh, and it looks good. Um, you know, you can get the figure back into the box, you know, with a little bit of effort to to pack it away for for storage to move house conveniently. Yeah. Um, I just think you know this is yeah a great way to do it. So yeah, and one uh, thing I only just sort of twigged 
recently with the packaging is that it's the um, color design from the elite TIE fighter, the black and the red ah, stripe. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Um, yep. Which uh, is, is a nice sort of very subtle reference in there yep, uh, yep. in terms of color, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the they have actually subtly changed the line. I mean, they originally had the uh, the black box with the orange highlight, and then the, I think the the second phase figures had the blue highlight, and now yep. the third phase has the red. Um, and of course, we've also had that change to the window because of um, Chewbacca. Yeah, so they, they they took the window all the way um, up for for that second phase. Well, um, all right. Well, in terms of I guess moving on to sculpt. What do we shall we start with the uh, the stormtrooper? Yeah, let's kick things off with him. All right. Well, I mean, I certainly know when they first announced that the that Force Awakens was um, was on the cards to be made, um, and everyone was getting sort of fairly excited, and we hadn't seen or heard anything. I, I do recall one of the first things that might have even been J.J. Abrams on, you know, Twitter or something like that, posted that one shot uh, of a stormtrooper helmet. And uh, I remember just seeing that stormtrooper helmet and going, "Wow! Like that's that's a, a thing of beauty. That that really is quite a um, you know, a, a phenomenal update to a timeless design." And and I was really quite taken with it. Um, and as we've gone on and and seen more of um, you know, the designs for this film, um, I just I love the new stormtrooper design. Yeah, I, I think it's stunning. It's um, it's actually my phone cover now. I found uh, <laughs> <laughs> ones through there, which I haven't updated in years. But I was like, you know what? I do like this design, and it reminds me of an iPhone. So yeah. Gonna... <laughs> well, in terms of that new design and and how they've captured it for um, you know the six inch black series, um, I think the the sculptors who whoever has actually done this for Hasbro has done a, a pretty amazing job in translating. Um, you know, the, the design from the screen to um, what we're holding here. Uh, I think what's really, really nice is the armour has lots of very, very subtle indentations here and there, and all of those have been captured beautifully. And in, in the manufacturing process, um, I think they've all been moulded really, really nicely. So, um, you know, on I guess what would be the, the you know, the outer cheek or, or even jawline of the helmet, there's this um, series of tiny little ridges that run along the side and, and they're all beautifully done. Um, there's no sort of unevenness or anything, uh, even on the outside of the arm, sort of where I guess between the um, the bicep and the tricep, there's two little indentations um, all, all very subtly captured. So um, in terms of the actual sculpt, uh, I think they have actually done a, a really, really good job and, and they've actually, I was comparing some of the sort of screenshots to this figure uh, and having to sort of work around the articulation, particularly with the... Um, the shoulders and things, uh, I think they've done a pretty darn accurate job of capturing it. Yeah, no, they definitely um, have from, you know, the little amounts we've been able to see and uh, look into it. It's a very, very nice design. Uh, in fact, I, I probably wouldn't have any real faults with the um, sculpt through. Of what no, no, and certainly, um, you know, the sculpt uh, has been executed really well and, and then they've gone ahead and actually cast uh, the Stormtrooper in the white plastic. So, um, you know, there's there's no white paint on this figure at all except on uh, mm. on his gun, which I guess we'll talk about a bit later. So um, the main armour parts of the Stormtrooper are cast in white plastic and what they have done is cast it in a, quite a glossy um, plastic and so that looks really, really good because um, 
and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with with Phasma later. You know the difference between the uh, the shiny silver and the matte silver. Um, I've actually just noticed there is a couple of um, bits of white paint here and there, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. So. Um, <laughs> You know, it always works when you have to cast something in, um, you know, a particular colour for effect and then not having to sort of paint over it like they did with some of the Marvel Legends. Um, so, yeah, I actually think that, that glossy white look has uh, been captured quite nicely with this guy. Yeah, no, very well. And one thing with the sculpt I do quite like, and we got hints of it today too, is the uh, ball joint for the head is also the exact right size for your fin head sculpt too. If you want to uh, ah, yes, yes. react the scene from that very first trailer, uh, yep, you yep. can do. But uh, looks like Hasbro will be doing their own, uh, like you predicted, Mister Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well. Well. All right. Well, moving on from sculpt, um, we get to paint, and uh, yeah, I'm actually not going to be as generous here. <laughs> um, as I am with the sculpt, um, you know, what we had was a beautifully sculpted figure that then someone has come along with black paint and uh, effectively butchered. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's... Oh, all right, we'll talk about the most obvious uh, from my point of view and the figure that I have in my hands, and that is that um, the, obviously the, the helmet is cast in the white plastic, so they've had to then come along with the black highlights um, and, and sort of fill those in. Um, and they have done that, and they've done that badly. Mm. Um, I picked up a couple of these troopers, and so I was actually I, I picked one at random to take out of the box, and so then I sort of thought, hmm, this isn't that good, and then I compared it to some of the others, and, and I go from one extreme to the other. So um, what I guess you would call the, the mouthpiece um, part of the trooper, you've got this black line that comes out from the corner of the eyes, then comes around and sort of over the mouth area and then back up to the other eye. Um, that's actually been painted in, and I, I think they've used some kind of um, airbrush technique to do that. And uh, I found on this particular one that I opened, um, they actually haven't done it particularly well, and I, I think there's a bit of underspray. So I've actually got white coming through um, that. It just hasn't been heavy, heavily enough applied um, or consistently uh, but then I had a look at one of my other troopers and I had the opposite effect where they've applied too much and there was actually black sort of coming over the edges onto the white part of the helmet. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know about yours. How, how's yours uh, looking? Mine has a problem in the exact same area but uh -huh. completely different uh, sort of style. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where you've got the uh, that sort of uh, mesh uh, part on the mouthpiece that meets with the eye, um, on the goggle of the eye they've got sort of a shiny... Uh, black paint over mm, kind of mm. a matte black and on his left eye the matte the shiny black sorry hasn't been applied properly and it's sort of only on half of the goggle of that eye and then running down into the side part there so he's got sort of right. a wonky shiny paint um dripping down and then the half of his goggle eye is that matte um <laughs> color uh now i should actually say i've actually got uh two of these guys uh, one was from the original uh, release uh, oh, from okay. the first yeah. wave, and I've got one that was uh, in with a second wave lot. Uh, now, my first wave one, it's packed up in, uh, in a box at the moment, but his paint was actually flawless, and oh, okay. uh, it seems to be in the ones I'm hearing about with these paint ones are from the second wave, so I don't know if they were just uh, sort of pushing them through in a hurry to meet demand and things yeah. weren't drying or that. At the time, but yeah, from 
what I've noticed that's the big problem seem to be coming with ones that were uh, figures in this second wave. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, this definitely shows because uh, as we move down, the, the paint doesn't really get any better with this guy. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're going to stuff up black paint, um, you really you shouldn't do it on a white action figure because that's when it, you know, it's really going to show. And so what I have is just complete inconsistency throughout the rest of the figure. Um, just looking at something like uh, the knees from the front, you've got, um, you know, the thigh armour and the shin armour and then there's the, the armour covering the knees and in between you've got the sort of the, the black sort of undersuit. Um, and what I found is the paint is completely and utterly inconsistent. I've got black that goes up over the edge onto the armour. Um, but then in other areas I can see parts of the white armour that actually should have been painted black um, to even it up. And, and, you know, that's fine. I can take a black... Um, some black paint to that and do it myself though I shouldn't have to um, and it really just doesn't get any better I mean almost every sort of aspect you know where I look where they've applied black paint um, they haven't actually done it particularly well well I've got um, on my second wave one here with sort of the bad paint on the eye uh, his gloves he's got the uh, gloves that are meant to be sort of black painted on uh, all the fingers but the index finger and the index finger is meant to be white, and yep. he's got uh, some black paint on his other fingers, and then there's like a strip of black paint that's like creeping up <laughs> to about the middle of his index finger, sort of wrapping around the side to get there. And yep. if you didn't know, you'd look at it going, I can't tell whether they didn't mean to paint that finger or they haven't painted that finger fully on yep. the end. Yep. It, it's a very odd uh looking pa and it, it does very much stand out particularly because that's where the blaster goes and you're kind of looking at that hand uh yep. it's that one yeah it uh definitely does stand out a bit no look i had exactly the same problem um both the index fingers uh, are neither, neither white nor black um you know I, I would almost hesitate to say that when gertie was um you know, was painting these these figures, you know, the, the girl that sits next to her sort of elbowed her and went, you know, hey, you're not supposed to paint that finger. And, mm. you know, she was like, oh, but I'm already halfway, you know, through yeah. painting it. And so um, they've left it. And mine are actually inconsistent in two different ways because on the, the right hand, um, the paint starts kind of, you know, um, back on the, the top of the palm and goes along the finger and then stops. But then if I look at the in index finger on the left hand, they've actually lengthwise painted almost as if they've, they've painted the bottom um, of the finger and left the top part white. It's, it's really quite awkward. Um, and, I mean, I've even got on the uh, on, on the leg, I've just got some black paint that's just appeared out of nowhere. It, it's really quite mm. poor. And it's. Um, I think the best way to sort of sum up this figure, because they've used an airbrush um, for a lot of the areas, uh, you know, an airbrush leaves um, a fuzzy edge to it. It doesn't have a crisp... Um, edge to it and so i find a lot of the the overspray uh, or underspray is then left with that sort of fuzzy edge so you know it, for me if i could really kind of sum up this figure um it, it's as if you're looking at um what should be you know the the perfect photo that you've taken of something but the focus is just ever so slightly off and so you're just looking at it going darn that would have been you know the perfect photo if it had just been a little bit more in focus yeah. Um, and that's what I feel like looking at this figure. This, this beautifully designed figure just isn't quite there um, because of the bad paint. And um, I'm not too sure about yours, but my one here that I have in hand, I'm fairly confident got dropped 
uh, in the factory because I've got oh, no. sort of two dints in his thigh and a dint uh, on his back near the black circle. And oh, okay. the gun had some sort of uh, like, uh, I don't know, it's like a little bit of hay or something um, right. stuck between uh, the section. It was some, or maybe, you know, like sawdust from the floor or something. But yeah, there was, mm. there was something gunky uh, in between his scope and his blaster. Uh, in right. there that probably shouldn't have crossed borders, but maybe it was a um, bristle from a paintbrush or something. Uh, yeah, it could have been quite possibly. Mm. So, uh, All right. Well, moving off of the horrendous paint, um, I actually forgot to mention that um, for a six-inch action figure, this one stands just over. So we're looking about six and one eighth um, of an inch tall, so about fifteen and a half centimeters. Um, moving on to articulation. Um, this one's actually not too bad in the scheme of things. You're looking at about 29 points of articulation, which, um, you know, is actually pretty decent that they've managed to sneak these in here. And uh, I have a um, I have a little apology I need to throw out to Hasbro because um, I was trying to get this guy to stand up uh, and I was using the, the Vonner ankles, you know, the, the ankle rockers, to try and get him to stand stable. But um, by the time I got his feet stable, he was, uh, he was almost pigeon-toed. And so I was really cursing that, um, you know, the lack of articulation in the legs when I actually noticed that um, there is actually um, what I guess we would normally call a thigh cut, uh, and it's actually very, very high up on the leg uh, in the, the black part um, of the leg. So, you know, it's, it's really quite subtle, and so that does actually allow you to rotate the legs ever so slightly and turn those toes out. So, um, yeah, I, I need to... Apologise because that was one of the things I was about to have a, a rant and a rave about when I was um, preparing uh, for, for this segment. So, um, look, uh, articulation—you know, everything's as you would expect. Uh, we've got a pin and disc in the in the neck that allows you to get some pretty decent um, articulation in the neck. Obviously, he can't look down too far because um, that helmet touches the chest. Um, but we've got some really nifty stuff. Obviously, the the ankle rockers, the double jointed knees are all quite good. Um, there's actually a torso um, joint which allows um, some pretty massive movement. Um, it's really sort of subtly done too. It, it just sort of looks like a natural part of, you know, the, the costume or the armour. But um, you get some really good left and right movement and also um, forward and, and backwards. Um, so all the usual, you know, elements are there. But I think what disappointed me was that dodgy elbow joint. Mm. It's um, It's a pin and disc joint that that gives you the normal up and down. But um, I think I mentioned this on the TIE Fighter pilot. It's that really weird lateral movement that the arm does um, to, to make up for the lack of a bicep cut. And uh, it's, it's, it's a major letdown for me. Yeah, I'm also finding it with the um, – it's, it's almost like the armor's in a bit of a weird spot because with this new Stormtrooper armor, the flat part of the armor uh, is kind of in towards the center Mm, of the mm. of the body rather than where it would sort of naturally seem to fit on the side. Yep. And I think that's impacting on the armour a bit, uh, on yeah. the articulation, sorry, I should say, uh, yep. there as well. Yep. What you've also got too is, um, you know, the left hand is actually sculpted as a, uh, as a shooting hand, so you've got that sort of finger um, position to hold a trigger. Um, but because that arm, that, that dodgy elbow joint, you know, you, you don't have any decent sort of articulation, um, it's actually really awkward getting him to, to hold his blaster and sort of rest it in his left hand. Um, and, you know, I find that you've got to sort of turn the gun in the, the right hand 
and then it looks sort of a bit odd in the way he holds it. So he's really not set up to just be sort of, you know, standing at attention and, and holding that gun ready for action uh, because not only can you not sort of twist the gun around and get it into the hand easily, but um, because it's not sculpted as, a, as an open hand, he can't really hold it that easily. You sort of have to really sort of pull the thumb back. Uh, it's all a bit, you know, peculiar. Yeah, no, I've been sort of posing them with blasters down in the way that I've been. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit um, a bit sad in, in that department. But, um, look, the rest of the articulation is actually pretty decent, and I think, you know, if you were someone who um, who likes to shoot action shots, you, you'd actually get some good poses out of um, out of this guy. So, um, yeah, so in terms of articulation, all, all very good, uh, and the, the posability is actually fairly decent except for that those dodgy arms. Um, mm. I have to question, you know, I see a bunch of people sitting around a table talking about, you know, production of these toys and, and going through sort of various checklists. And, you know, I can see someone, you know, the, the, the head honcho sitting there checking with um, each member of the team and, and sort of saying, okay, you know, have we manufactured the, uh, the plastic tray for the box, um, um, you know, small enough so that when we put the blaster in there, it bends at an awkward angle. Uh, it's like yep check oh fantastic okay we need to keep that consistent you know with this series and you know i look at these figures in the the packaging and i see these guns bent on really awkward angles and i think really like every time every friggin figure you know uh, what's going on here um so you know this gun has bits and pieces going all over the place there's a scope there's a weird kind of um magazine or energy pack sticking out the side and uh because they continue to make these accessories out of this soft plastic, you um, you get these awkward bends, and you have scopes bent on awkward angles, and yeah, it's very odd. Now I got lucky. My main stormtrooper blaster um, is fine and straight. Good on you. Uh, but my pistol is almost a C. <laughs> it's uh, it's a the place, isn't it? it? It's bent through, which um, luckily it still fits in his little side holster just fine, but um. And sort of curves with the curve of his legs, so it weirdly works. But yeah, once it once it's out, it's uh, he's not going to be shooting straight with that one. Yeah, and there's not much you can do with that big blaster, is there? Because um, you know, there's not there's a holster for it or anything like that. Uh, no, it should still eclipse into that same holster on the side. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can have him holster that and then holding the pistol, but yeah, you can't sort of holster both. <laughs> he's got to swap it over. Yeah. yeah. The the gun is actually in the scheme of things pretty crap. It's um you know, aside from being made from really soft plastic that's bent all over the place, it's actually it, it suffers quite badly from the uh, the paint uh issues as well in terms of, you know, bad applications and things. There's a little bit of silver on the on the scope that's um sort of fairly haphazard in, in application. Um so the, you know, the accessories aren't actually safe from that at all. But I don't know. Uh, hmm. I guess, I don't know, in terms of a dolly rating, uh, you know, do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I'd, for me, this guy would probably be kind of fittingly a seven. Yeah, that's actually the number I had in mind as well. Um, I, I guess, you know, I really wanted more uh, from this figure, and, and I think, you know, I'm very much a, a rank-and-file um you know, display kind of guy. I love the idea. I think I was just taken um, by, you know, those scenes in the movies where, you know, you see all the stormtroopers lined up as the Emperor arrives and, and things like that. So I think this is such a great design that having half a dozen of these guys on your shelf will, will look actually pretty impressive. But 
Um, again, I just can't get away from that comment I made before about, you know, just looking at a, at a great photo that's slightly out of focus. And I think $7 out of 10 is um, the same for me. I, I, I'd take the three full points off for the, the dodgy paint and that left arm um, with the, you know, the, the, the gun firing hand and also that dodgy elbow joint is just not doing it for me. Well, I'd um, recommend if you want an army build this one. I've got two that uh, I've got my articulated one for posing, but I'm just going to grab at the supermarkets. Uh, Woolies have the sort of shrunken down Titan ones that are just under six inches. And, I mean, they blend in quite easily with these Black Series Mm, mm. Stormtroopers. Your articulation isn't there and the gun's moulded in the hand, but if they're just going in and standing neutral as sort of like a um, formation display set up behind your phasma i mean they work just as well at you know a third of the price yeah good point good point and i guess if you've got a couple of the hasbro ones standing in front no one would know the difference yeah hmm very good all right well that's one down yeah and so speaking of uh phasma uh shall we move on to her indeed uh, so this one I was very excited to get. I mean, very, uh, as you mentioned, you had the shot of Abrams with uh, the Stormtrooper helmet. I don't remember seeing Phasma until the first trailer leaked, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a shot of that silver Stormtrooper with a cape marching down yep. a hallway, and I remember that being one of the big buzzes uh, after that trailer had launched is, oh, who's this character? They look cool. And I mean, for me, I was kind of thinking about it before while Ren's the comparison character to Vader, cause it seems to be sort of that Sith motif and wearing the black and having the red, uh, lightsaber. Um, that Phasma walking down the hall was the very Vader pose, you know, this tall figure marching with yeah. stormtroopers, having the cape flowing and this, uh, very cool armor. Um, so she is definitely invoking that Vader design. And of course, when we found out it was, uh, Gwendolyn Christie yes. uh, under the armor too, that was a great one. And, uh, I, I remember being one of those ones just thinking like, that's an amazing casting choice. Like that's, that's brilliant. So, uh, <laughs> the second Gwendolyn Christie figure, uh, that's yeah, been absolutely. reviewed on the show. So, uh, props right. to her. She's doing well. Now, I'm deliberately staying away from a lot of, you know, the, the extra trailers and things like, you know, they keep people keep sort of posting and pimping, you know, the international trailer shows, you know, 1.6 seconds of new footage and um, I'm staying away from that and forum talk and stuff. Um, Do you happen to know whether Phasma is actually, you know, meant to be portrayed as a female character in armour or just so happens to be, you know, Gwendolyn Christie got the role? Like, do you know what any... uh, Uh, I've been not going too spoilerific and not trying to stay away for the most part of story elements. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have heard Gwendolyn Christie talk about getting the role and it, I am fairly confident uh, she will be playing a she uh, okay. in in the film. Uh, but I think it's going to be very much a role that could have been played by any gender. Um, yeah, it was yeah. just she got the role in it. Okay, that's cool. Well, I... I mean, I think one of the reasons I was just drawn to this character and, you know, we'll soon be talking about whether we enjoyed, um, you know, the screen version um, is that, you know, I've always been a sucker for that that sort of variant of something cool. I mean, you know, as a kid watching Battlestar Galactica and you had those awesome chrome Cylons and then along came, you know, the gold 
Cylon leader kind of guy and, um, yeah, it just blew me away seeing this gold Cylon. And, you know, obviously stormtroopers are quite timeless and, and you know, we've seen a few variations, but to see this kind of silvery chrome, um, you know, person leading these stormtroopers, I, I was attracted to that design straight away. And, uh, you know, finding out Gwendolyn Christie was in the role, who I think is about six foot three or, or something like that. Um, was very cool and then I sort of thought well you know that's going to be a, a pretty big stormtrooper and then as it turns out in action figure form um, that has been captured rather well because it's a, it's a big chunky figure yeah uh, it is a huge Definitely. Chunk of plastic. I, I thought for a while they might have just been getting away with you know doing a recolor of mm. the stormtrooper armor and you know different head and a cape on it but no this is almost a hundred percent brand new. It is. Sculpting in here. I don't know if they've done sort of any size ups on the stormtrooper sculpt on certain pieces, which is quite similar. But I would be guessing it would be just as easy to do a uh, complete new sculpt here. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, she's she's big. She's. um, I think I measured her at about six and three quarter inches, or about fifteen centimeters, and. um, Oh, sorry, uh, 17 centimetres, a bit over 17 centimetres. And so, you know, a, a centimetre and a half doesn't sound like much until you actually stand them um, side by side because um, what you also notice is it's just the physical girth as well. Um, you know, she's not just taller, she's sort of wider and the feet are bigger and the, mm. the, the torso is bigger. Um, but actually comparing the two, I was quite surprised at, at how many elements are actually the same. A lot of the the stormtrooper armor um, that we just talked about is actually captured uh, on this figure. There's, there's, um, you know, even the, um, you know, the the pauldrons are pretty much the same. The van brace, which covers the forearms, um, are pretty much identical. Uh, the I noticed the piece that covers the groin is slightly different. Yep. But um, most of the rest of it, um, yeah, you know, the the shins and boots, you got a bit of difference, and the gloves, yeah. are slightly different. There, it's more like Absolutely. a sort of fingerless winter glove kind of. Yeah, indeed. And, of course, the, the major standout, I guess, comparing them is that her helmet is quite unique. Um, the obvious design is there, but um, the, the bottom part of the helmet is actually a lot more flared out than the, uh, the normal Stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, it's actually even more sort of, you know, you could imagine if it just sat up a bit higher, it could be almost a Roman helmet or... Mm. something sort of base there that would go around. It's much more ornate. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of sculpt, you know, I think everything we said about a Stormtrooper is um, has been captured. So, you know, those tiny little indentations and stuff um, are all there. And, and her helmet is actually beautifully done. Um, that, that piece that we talked about, that sort of black line that goes from one eye around over the mouth to the other eye, um, you know, she's got mesh in there and you can see the really fine... Um, sculpting technique in capturing that mesh, and then she's got some grooves that run over the top of the helmet. That's all really, really nicely done. Now, something that may be verging on spoilery, but completely hypothetical, just based on the sculpt of uh, the armor. If you don't mind me throwing it out there, no, Mister Ben. No, uh, I've, I've noticed that the back of her head in the armor design is actually quite similar to. Uh, Kylo's once you mm. put the hood down. So now obviously they're on the same team and that together. But yeah, just just something interesting that it's a uh, good point. very similar design going there. Yeah. So look, I think um, in terms of the sculpt, uh, I don't think anything is let down. Um, she's actually sculpted in the uh, the silver um, 
that uh, she's not. I mean, there is some silver paint here and there. Um, was particularly the belt, um, which is rubber um, as opposed to the, you know the plastic of the um, you know the major sort of limbs and that sort of thing. So um, I mean, I, I don't know. She's not really chrome is she? She's just sort of really a, a bright silver. Yeah, this is just yeah, sort of silver paint uh, mm. on that. Which, to be honest, I know there's a lot of people um, really wishing that she was done uh, in a um, sort of vac metal yeah, uh, yeah. design. And while that would have looked cool, I would have been very worried about having a vac metal figure completely over uh, yeah. with all this articulation and and yep. hits there. I'm, I'm kind of glad myself they went with the silver paint. Yeah. Actually, yeah, now now that you mention I'm just sort of really looking into all the crevices, and I, I have to take it back. It actually looks like um, there's an awful lot of silver paint. I'd say they've painted over, um, they've cast it in black and then painted over it with the silver. Um, so I'd say the torso was done in the silver, but things like the legs were actually done in the black and then painted silver because um, I can see some sort of smudges here and there where the, the paint. The paint is certainly a lot better applied on this figure than on the Stormtrooper. Mm. It's uh, no, considerably... Definitely improved um one thing i think is um is quite interesting is the way they've actually done the cape and uh, i think you know obviously this is something for the movies but it's not just a um you know a, a cape that just sort of hangs down there's actually um some sculpting work that's gone into it it looks like there's either patches or pockets it even looks like there's a, a couple of straps as if she can um yeah you know, gather the, the, the cape together and then sort of tie it up so it's not getting in the way or something like that. It's it's not just sort of a, a bit of, you know, rubber. That's yeah, pretty- and I, I really love just on her left shoulder and the way it bunches around mm. her neck as if she's just sort of thrown that piece over one side there and they've just yep. captured that sort of flow of the fabric perfectly. That's how it would sit on someone's shoulder there. Yeah, the drapery is certainly very well done. I think the, the major disappointment for me with the, the cape, which does actually, or cloak, cape, whatever, um, it does actually sit really well over the sculpt. Uh, it sits quite tight to the body, which is quite nice. Um, the disappointment for me is the, the red highlight um, along the edge of the black cape. So it's it's been cast in a, um, a black flexible rubber and then they've come along and added the red paint as a highlight. But um, it's actually rather shoddy in the way they've painted it. it. Yeah, uh, they've got freehand. I was actually thinking mine looks quite fine. So I was like, well, oh, maybe, maybe I got lucky here. And then <laughs> as, it, as it curves near the bottom and it sort of goes more towards her back, um, yeah. so it's, you can't notice it while facing front. But if you look at it on the back, you can definitely see where they have not coloured in the lines. Yeah, it's definitely been done freehand, and uh, yeah. I think it will vary. So um, possibly it's one of those ones that if you do manage to find her in the wild, then um, you might want to have a, a quick look if you can compare between them. Yeah. So, But, um, yeah, she's certainly a, a big hunk of plastic, this one. It's uh, a nice – she really does sort of tower over them, and I think it will look quite good um, for those of us who are rank-and-file display people to have her flanked by all these really groovy uh, stormtroopers. So. Yeah, very impressed. And uh, in terms of articulation, she's pretty much just the Stormtrooper again, as we're talking about. I don't think there's any difference at all in terms of that. The only thing, as you mentioned, uh, um, with the cape on the shoulder, it can sort of hinder articulation there. And I've also noticed that the the thigh 
is a bit hindered in its articulation. My yeah. armor seems to catch on uh, sort of the pockets on the belt there and yep, won't yep. really let her kick too much. No, that's right. Yeah, you can sort of rotate it enough to sort of uh, help her stand, but you wouldn't want to push it much further or you yeah. sort of risk, um, you know, scraping parts together and, and possibly stripping that paint off. So um, one thing that's interesting is the gun that she comes with is, um, is I don't know, it's painted in a, a very peculiar... Is it meant to be gold? I was wondering if it was well, meant to be I, gold. I don't know. It's a very odd colour, isn't it? It's it's kind of almost like a gold with a, with a, a green hue yeah. to it, like a soft green hue. And um, once again, it looks like the accessory is the part that suffers the most because... Um, They've sort of painted some highlights on very, very badly. Um, yeah. Her blaster, her, her blaster is similar to the Stormtrooper one. It's just a sort of a, a bigger version, basically. Um, yeah, she doesn't hold it particularly well either. It's got a really tiny sort of pistol grip on it, and um, her trigger finger doesn't get anywhere near um, anywhere near the trigger. It's actually quite awkward the way she holds it. It looks. Really quite odd. I actually found that with a stormtrooper as well that I actually struggled to get the stormtrooper to sort of hold the pistol grip and get that sort of index finger into the the trigger area. It's a bit sort of awkward. In fact, you know, I think this is the sort of thing where I'd probably prefer to display her with the um, you know, the weapon holstered in some way and um, you know, just sort of standing menacingly instead. Yeah, which she does have too. We uh, didn't mention just like the stormtrooper. You can holster her gun in on the side. Yeah, 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 fits right in, but it tends to push on the pocket on mine. It wouldn't, won't stay there long if you're playing with it. Yeah, but uh, no, look, it's really quite amazing. And and look, the more I look at Phasma, I, I'm just hoping she's awesome in the film. And for all we know, you know, she might have all of you know two minutes of screen time or something. And well, yeah, I I think she's. I'm laying my prediction now, which everyone will know uh, most likely. For most people who are listening to this, will have uh, seen it as they listen to this, I assume. But um, I I. We would think she's going to be like the Boba Fett. She might have a lot of screen time, but I think she's going to be impactful for the time she's on. Yeah, he's, he's hoping. And uh, I hope she's not too awesome because then I'll probably end up looking at the Hot Toys figure as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Dolly ratings, what, what uh, would you give Gwendolyn here? Um, look, I think, you know, that that – bad application of the red paint on the cape is uh, is annoying me and the way she holds her gun um you know is annoying me but i mean i can get past the gun by sort of uh, you know holstering it and coming up with some sort of commanding sort of pose um but i'm just loving the design the the silver paint on mine is actually pretty darn good um compared to you know the the under and over spray of the stormtrooper um look i think she's right up there and even with that cape she stands quite well um she's not sort of um you know, hindered in terms of balance or anything. So uh, she'd probably be up in the vicinity of eight and a half for me. Yeah, no, once again, exact same page, eight and a half <laughs> is uh, what I'd uh, give her there. Because, yeah, Brilliant. definitely definitely up on the Stormtrooper one and, yeah, some minor faults bringing it down, but uh, it's part of the fun of checking them. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, a, it's a great-looking figure, a great-looking design. Um, yeah, I don't want to look at it too more or I'll go and check out the hot toys. Yeah, easy done. Uh, well, that wraps up our a toy breakdown. Uh, we'll be coming back in a few moments with our next segment. Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh no, it's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Whack! 
Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures, out now. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. Uh, Now, I have the first bit of feedback tonight. This comes from a listener who goes by the handle uh, Supermandroid and he's asked us to announce the opening of a new store uh, that he's been involved in getting off the ground and that's Toy Addicts. It's at 8703 La Mesa Boulevard, I believe that is, the BLVD, Uh, Melissa Boulevard, uh, La Mesa, California. So uh, if you're in the area there, pop in, check check it out and uh, send us some feedback and let us know uh, how it went. And uh, uh, Super Mandroid there, uh, definitely let us know how the opening goes. It should be opening on uh, the 19th, so around the time everyone's hearing this, uh, that store will be popping up and open. Cool. Cool. Uh, Joe also posted on our Facebook page a red card suggestion. Uh, this is the Superman versus Batman armored Batman figure. Is this a six inch figure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the movie master. And he said, can we red card these DC movie masters line? They all look like crap, but this could (laughs) have been something great an armored Batman, but this looks like something I customized. And then they're asking $30 for it. I give it a red card. I gave it the finger right on the shelf. Woo. Um, (laughs) You go Joe. Um, Great show boys. Thank you. I wait for it each week and thanks. And please free Johnny Depp's dogs. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we couldn't come to unanimous agreement on whether this was a show-worthy red card or not, but um, point taken. Yeah, I think what, what they've done there with that particular design is, um, you know, the movie design, is they've tried to stay true to Frank Miller's, you know, original, you know, mega armour um, to, to a certain degree, but I, I think also it's dated um, quite a lot, mm-hmm. you know, since mm-hmm. the mid-80s. And so you've sort of got that kind of weird balance of trying to be faithful but also ending up with a, a dated design and maybe it's just not as toyetic as we'd like. Yeah, I, just... I, I, I also think this might be coming from being in Australia where if you hear $30 for an action figure, you also don't blink an eye. <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. I understand that, yeah. It's on yeah. sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a discount. Give me five. Yeah, I just I think that in the cesspool of Mattel's DC offerings, it's hard to consider anything notably bad anymore. <laughs> you know, that actually looks less phoned in than a lot of what they've done. Mm. Um, and the fact that they're actually doing six inch figures for uh, this film is yay. But I certainly I can take that on board that a six inch figure in the U S for 30 bucks is, um, out of the ordinary. Mm. Yeah. I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see where it was that, uh, uh, Joe, let us know where you found this. Cause you know, if it's like one of the U S my stores or that, that's notorious for high prices or, it's, um, is it a store that's normally quite cheap, uh, in their prices? And might we be looking at 45 to $50 for them once they hit here? If you, um, in begin the photo, you can actually read the name of the shop. Mm. I won't say it on here, cause, but because it looks like a a smaller retailer, um, but you can read the name of the shop on the price tag. <laughs> okay. 
There you go. All right, um, I've got a little bit uh, to finish things up, and we are coming up to our 200th episode of the AFB podcast, and uh, we'll be doing something a little bit different, a little bit fun. We're going to be talking about our favourite pop culture characters and uh, our favourite merchandise that said characters have spawned over the years and uh, we've added to our collections. But we also want to hear from you. So, uh, t- you know, write in, tell us who's your favourite pop culture character and uh, what are some of the favourite items you have uh, in your collection featuring that character. And, uh, yeah, we might just read them out. Yay. Yay. I've been doing my research for that, but I'm yet to find a Blanche from the Golden Girls action figure out there. So um, <laughs> yeah, I might have to go with a, yeah, another yeah, character. There was, the, you know, the, the, the Lego that didn't get approved, but it was still, you know, there was the Golden Girls Lego ideas set. Yeah. Come <clears> yeah. with that. Yeah. Is there a Lego wire, the wire set? Someone should make that yeah, so I can do Iron March. Someone, that, that's one for next week. Someone make a Lego QSO ideas, the wire. Um, stoop uh, for that. Uh, so uh, that's... Hold on. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. no. Sorry. I just... What is wrong with me? I just Google, Googled Lego wire, and I... Please don't do that, because I don't think any of that West Terra is suitable <laughs> for a family show. No. Um, I'm terribly uh, tired. I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're heading deep into the AM at this point, so I think it's a good time to... Uh, wrap things up and say our goodbyes so boys thank you for joining me here uh in my new podcast desk i'm not on a bed anymore which is quite nice it's uh, a pleasure so it's i'm uh, really excited about the fact that you're not podcasting from a bed anymore yeah does this mean that you'll also be wearing pants from now on i make no promises sir. crazy talk <sighs> yeah uh but yes Thank you, boys, uh, and we will see you next week for our 200th episode. OMG! Hey, guys, good journey. All righty, see ya. And uh, call your mom. Make sure she's okay. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigurebluescom by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. good well thank you for that scotty and that wraps up our toy of the week when we come back we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collection this week are you sure are we going and feeding the addiction no, i just sound like a question <laughs> i'm yeah. ron burgundy <laughs>